Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. I've been sick for the past couple of days, and yesterday I laid in bed and just watched WWF. That's all I did. I I got from so so you know back in the day when there was there used to be build. I got from the Raw after Over the Edge, so the the night Owen Hart died, to I watched the first two matches, or two or three, maybe more, matches of King of the Ring 99. Ooh. So I watched the entire build in one sitting because I just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to get out of bed. I felt like shit. Fun fact about King of the Ring 99, that was the first. Well, I'm, I'm not done it yet, so don't spoil oh. it. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. That was the first pay you ever watched. Yeah. Um, King of the Ring 2000 was the first WWF show I ever went to. Mm. I, I yeah, the, I I've been to Nitro before that, and I'd been to two ECW shows, but this is my first WWF. As far as I know, I don't remember going to a house show prior to that. That has one of my go-to matches for when I'm feeling really, really sad. Kotor 2000. Yeah. No, nope, not Kotor. Which one? Um, um, King of the Ring 2000. Yeah, it's the um, it's the hardcore evening gown match. Oh, right. Really, what my go-to because no matter how bad things are in the world, nothing can be worse than seeing two legends like Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe wrestling in drag. <laughs> to give you an idea of where my seats were, I could touch the top. I could literally touch the roof of Boston Garden. Wow. Oh wow. I was the nose fuck. I was like literally the furthest. But we had we had a great, great view because we were we were uh uh camera side just at the top, but we had a perfect down view of the, the stage of so when Taker choke slammed Shane off the top rope through the announce table, mm-hmm. all I saw was Shane just flying through the air, and I was like, Oh, this is pretty neat. Uh meanwhile, my dad was backstage. I didn't find this out until recently, past two years. My dad was backstage because he flashed his press credentials because he used to do photography locally. And he showed it to a guy and the guy just said, go on back. And my dad was hanging out with Vince McMahon and The Undertaker and Undertaker let him ride his motorcycle. Wow. Because my dad normally gets edited out. I, yeah. I don't think I think this has to make the cut. That's a pretty cool story. It, it is a pretty cool story. Um, I have a lot of those cool. Maybe, maybe this will be our quote unquote uh, end of year special. So well, perhaps I, we don't even need an episode. Perhaps this yeah. is enough. Well, to be fair, <laughs> this is be better fair, than anything I got in my notes. To be fair, my my entire good competition, including my speed check, is my end of year awards. So. <laughs> I can I can just share stories about weird shit that happened when I was a kid that I didn't know how cool it was until later. Uh, well, as you were talking about pay per views, um, I attended a pay per view before I watched a pay per view. That's pretty crazy. I that don't was... think I've ever paid for a, a WWE pay per view. I don't think. well unless you include like the network, which is you know that's, it's that's not, not quite the same, is it? Not the same. Like right. I haven't bought a single. Perhaps I, I should say it that way. I haven't bought a single pay per view from WWE. See. Yeah, B- back in the day, trying to do, trying to convince my parents that I needed both the WCW and the WWF pay-per-view that month. Yeah, the first one I paid for ever was Insurrection 2001. Because up until that point, um, 
every WWE event I wanted to watch was on Sky Sports. So I didn't have to pay extra for it. We already paid for Sky Sports at that point. So that wasn't an issue. But Interaction was on Sky Box Office. So I paid for it and I watched it 25 times that week. Because once you watched it, it was gone for seven days. You had it for seven days and it was gone. It's on the network now. I still like watching it. It's a terrible, it's a terribly, terribly good pay-per-view. It's a great intro. Yeah, this is a great intro. Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good. Um, welcome to episode 258-ish. Uh, I don't know. Something like that. I, I'm on a new computer, so I'm not totally sure. Matt's trying to show me with his fingers. It's you're such a small yeah. screen. I, unfortunately, you weren't the last person that talked, so you're like a tiny thumbnail. So I can't, I think you had eight fingers extended. So, hey, who cares? No one, no one. No, no one's gonna, no one's gonna suddenly stop listening if that's the wrong answer anyway. So it's all good, gentlemen. I think it's been three weeks since we last chatted. I, I had computer issues. Um, I was on holiday, and I knew I wouldn't have anywhere to record at, and I, I, I wasn't gonna do that over the holidays anyway. So uh, yeah, I think this is the third week since I got back from Ohio yesterday. Um, how you guys been? Happy holidays, Graham. <laughs> Happy holidays, exactly. And to you too, Ryan. Yeah. I don't really deserve it. I I, I say see, Dude, see we here, love you because here we say Merry Christmas and over there you say Happy Christmas. It's weird. No, I don't no, get we, it. we say Merry Christmas too. Do you? It's, uh, it's a mix. It's a mix. Everything I know is from television and movies. I only say Happy Holidays at this time of year because Hanukkah and Kwanzaa are still going on, um, and obviously Christmas is over, but New Year is coming. So I'm saying Happy Holidays now because it feels more appropriate in the hinterland period. <laughs> So it feels more appropriate at the moment. Makes See, sense. I, I can be I can be modern with the times, but yeah, I I, I always say Merry Christmas and everything like that. But no one, no one actually gets offended by it if you say Merry Christmas. Someone that they're not, um, a, you know, in that way inclined. You're not going to get Jewish too person. political, but nah. that's like a, a right wing thing that people assume that. But no one's offended. No one's offended. Nah, and, then I, and then I love proving that people are wrong. <laughs> exactly. It. I'm going to say Merry Christmas because. Uh, I don't care what it, whatever. No one's cares. No but one gives a damn. Heart, it's all good. It's all good. I, I've, I've never, I've never met someone positive to someone. That's more than what matters. I've never met someone who I said Merry Christmas to who said, "Um, actually, I don't celebrate." You know, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there, and I try yeah. to be as inclusive as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I, <clears throat> I always look at it as. No matter what, if I say something that it goes against whatever you believe in or whatever you prefer, and you get offended instead of saying, well, hey, actually, I prefer this. But if you decide to just flip out, I just assume you're an idiot. (laughs) But if you're like, well, actually, no, I, you know, it's, you know, just like with the, uh, you know, LGBTQ community, if I, if I mispronoun you. Just let me know. That's all. I, that's all I want. Yeah. Just let me know, and I will do my best to make sure that you feel comfortable. Yeah, I mean, I'm a I nice know, person. Yeah, you absolutely. Yeah, you know, I mean, I know that occasionally some other people that I know and love dearly have been like, "Well, what if I make a mistake with pronouns and things like that?" I could tell you from people I know who use they them rather than he him or she her. Like, if you make a mistake, it's fine. 
These things happen. Slip-ups happen. It's human to make error. When you do it intentionally, then you're a dick. That's when it's the problem. Exactly. If you do it by accident, these things happen. It's not an issue. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna just burn. I'm just gonna burn my uh, speed check moment from bad cops straight away. Go so, uh, oh, actually, I don't think I can. I don't know. I don't think I can. Okay, actually. okay, that's a little tease. Oh, okay, let me ask it this. Well, let me ask it this way. I'm gonna be very vague about it. What if a commentator on an organization from somebody who's wrestled there for well over a year, if they use the incorrect pronouns, that's bad, right? Like, well, they guess... should know at that point what's the correct pronouns. I've got a funny feeling that's a veiled assault on somebody who's in this call right now. We'll get to it later. I, I guess to get to it, though, we got to get to good cop moments. I know you didn't have perhaps thoroughly answer as possible. I did joke in the post that this episode could go on for seven hours. So uh, we should probably get it. Oh, I, think, I think our intro has to... Our pre-intro probably has to stay in this week as well, so this could be a long one anyway. Oh, well, actually, what the hell do I care? You're editing that, right? Dad! <laughs> uh, Ryan doesn't like us to do it in any sort of proper order. Uh, Matt, it sounds like you have something intentional, though, so uh, we'll try and we'll try and we'll flip the order that me and you go. Ryan, I'm going to let you go first, and then I'm going to go second. What's your mean, uh, possibly good cop moment of December? Oh, I don't know, we've only had one episode so far this month, I think. True. Um, so this is uh, this is interesting because I've spent the the last month bashing it. Um, but the way that AEW somehow managed to book a double champion in Eddie Kingston as the underdog. In the Continental Classic, the fact because normally when you have someone who's a double champion, they're already booked pretty strong, and somehow they managed to make it a scratching and clawing to the top of the 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 tournament with Eddie Kingston, and I thought that was actually really interesting because that's a difficult thing to do to book your champion at a disadvantage. That's not easy. Now. I've been pretty open and clear with my thoughts on the way they did the tournament, having Eddie say that, oh, the titles are on the line whenever he's wrestling, blah, blah, blah. And the idea of the Triple Crown Championship being kind of stupid in the first place based on what these titles are. Um, but the way he was booked, I, I thought was really well done. Um I will say that I don't think, excuse me, I don't think I actually want Eddie to win. I didn't really want Moxley to win either, so I'm kind of at a point where I just don't care who wins. Um, but I thought this was a great opportunity to really build a new star um, or at least give us an interesting story uh, with like Moxley versus Brian Danielson or something like that. Um, but I thought, I don't know. I, I think this was a really great opportunity, especially where they have Swerve Strickland and <clears throat> oh, sorry, I threw up a little bit. Uh, Jay White at the precipice of being main event stars within the company. And you didn't think that, oh, one of these, I mean, Swerve's feuding with MJF kind of, so it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. But just 
you had an opportunity here to really cement one of them as a, as a top guy in your organization. And you didn't, you went back to old faithful, you know, Eddie Kingston, John Moxley, not what I would have done, but the booking of Eddie Kingston, I thought was really good. I actually watched, I know we're late December at this point. I actually watched my first full episode of Dynamite this week. As uh, one of the, you mentioned the, well, that's not the joys necessarily, uh, being able to watch wrestling when you're sick, uh, being able to watch wrestling because I'm not working right now as well. So I actually had the time in the evening. It's like, I don't have to prepare any schoolwork. I was like, shoot, looks like Dynamite's on. I guess I'm watching Dynamite just to kind of see what's been, uh, what's been going on. Um, I didn't, I didn't know all the story behind the, that tournament or anything like that um i honestly thought moxley was winning that i was really surprised when that didn't happen um it seemed to me like it made sense to put the two blackpool people together so they got that um not necessarily they kind of work together normally i don't even know if the blackpool combat club is even still a thing but last time i was watching that those two would have been on the same team as it were so i thought that was the dynamic they were going for and moxley seemed like the bigger name the thing that surprised me also with watching dynamite as well was the length of those matches as well like we often have on a particularly when it's a shorter show, it's a two hour show, you tend to have those shorter matches. It felt like not that I timed them or anything, uh, but it felt like both of those semi-finals, or at least that's what I'm assuming that they were, uh, they went on a long time. There was a lot going on in those stories. Um, also during the fact they want the commercial break as well. It wasn't a commercial break. It was you could see it in screen as well. So they were still going on that whole time. So there were some really long matches in there. I think I I think I did I didn't time it, but I think I checked my my phone. The triple threat from yeah, the triple threat from this week, uh, Moxley, Swerve, and and uh, Jay White. I think it was something like twenty three minutes or something like that, which is long for a TV match. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and I and I think uh, that um, <clears throat> Kingston and Brian did somewhere around something similar. Um. Did I get that wrong then? Were they not semifinals? Were they just two? Those were th- th- those were semifinals. Oh, they so were, okay. it was I've... the triple threat was the gold league and Eddie and Debray were the blue league. So okay, can I ask why one was a triple threat then, and one why why the there, one wasn't? There was then a, that made me made me think I'd messed. They up. were tied. They were tied uh, in the, the ranking. So uh, by it was it was by Jay White beating John Moxley last week. It was a three way tie. Gotcha. So all three of them had to. So and then the finals for the championship, quote unquote, or not unquote. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. The Continental Championship and the Ring of Honor World Title and the NJPW Strong Title will be on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, when you're listening to this, new champion, this guy. Uh, it looks like Matt's reading the book, so I got one more question for you. Um, the thing that impressed me in the Daniel Bryan match, uh, sorry, Brian Danielson match, was the fact that I don't know the backstory at all. It seemed like he was wearing a patch over his eye. I'm assuming he's got some injury or something. Um, the only other instance I can think of that off the top of my head, Matt will be able to give me five more in a second, is uh, Rey Mysterio after his match with Seth, and he supposedly took his eye out well, and just magically grown back. How difficult is the question I got for you guys is? How difficult is it to wrestle, not just a match, I thought that was a long match that he was in as well, without that depth perception? Like, to me, that would be something that's really important. Like, when you're throwing fake punches, like, you need to know what that distance is. And to be able to do that with one eye, to me, that seemed like that was something that would be really impressive. So, two things. One, 
it was a shoot injury. Unfortunately, he broke his orbital bone like a month or two ago. Yeah. Um, probably longer than that at this point because he's back. But uh, pull back the curtain a little bit. I, I forget who it was, but it was someone who had to wrestle with an eye patch on. And they pulled the curtain back and said, it looks like an eye patch, but it's mesh so I can see through it. Uh... So I'm assuming they probably did something similar for him because he's been wearing it for a number of weeks now. I don't know. Uh, next time I talk to to Brian Danielson, I'll ask him. I guess. Mm-hmm. And Ray, when he had he had he had you could tell he had a mesh uh, across his eye, so you could see you could see out of it on his mask as well. So maybe it was an Ray eye in there, so that was irrelevant whether it was mesh or not, right? Well, obviously. Uh, but he also didn't. He also get thrown off uh, Titan Towers like not too long before that. Uh, yes, and <laughs> uh, so did Alistair Black. Yeah, but Alistair Black actually died. That's why he was resurrected as Malachi Black. Yes. Yeah. 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 Man, they really put their bodies on the lines for us, don't they? It's just in the form of entertainment. They really do. They all did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't didn't John Morrison get eaten by zombies? Yes. Yes. You know, like man, it, it got really hardcore during the pandemic. Like a lot of deaths. A lot of deaths. Indeed. Graham, you go next, please. Um, I'm gonna change what I had. Um I saw something less than two hours before we were uh recorded, and um I started to write down some notes that were relevant. And then I saw the coverage of the darts was on YouTube and I got distracted and I didn't quite manage to finish this whole thing off. Um, so I was scrambling to try it. So if this is not complete and if it's a bit mishmash, then I apologize. Uh, but I saw that MJF had po- posted something on Twitter and he said, this is really important to me. Um, can you please read it? Um, it was an, actually a really long article, so I won't be reading the whole article anyway. Um, but after the first few points, I was like, ah, I think this is probably uh, probably enough to go with. So um, it was, I saw it was posted on the Players' Tribune. Uh, he started off with mentioning the fact that uh, it's coming up to AEW's five-year anniversary, and he wanted to talk about it now rather than um, after his match, because who knows what's going to happen after his match, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So he just wanted to talk about it while he had time to do it. Um, he did mention the fact that two companies is definitely better than one for wrestling. Um, I think that's something we can all agree on. That provides more jobs. That provides gets rid of that monopoly side of things. Um, and definitely AEW is good for the wrestling scene, whether you like AEW or WWE whatever it is better when everybody is succeeding more opportunities for people better wages etc 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 i'm trying to think of chad's little phrase rising tides raise all ships type of thing a rising tide raises all ships there you go so i think that that one's something we can definitely agree on um he also wanted to look back as well so quote just look at double or nothing 2019 our first ever pay-per-view they had bret hart come out to unveil the AEW world title they had hangman page come out to get brett's cosign and look cool me i said a few words got booed and took a punch i wasn't looked at as being a potential top guy but I'll never forget the moment before I went out there. I mean, picture it. I'm 21, barely a few years into the business, and I'm being told to cut a promo on Brett freaking Hitman Hart. Over 10,000 people in the arena, something like 100,000 watching on pay-per-view. So before I walk out, I ask Tony and those guys what, fe- what feels like a pretty fucking good question. Um, what do I say? And they just look at me for a second with those blank-ass stares, and they're like, what do you mean? You know how to talk. And that's when I realized what AEW was going to be like, and that's 
it's where I was meant to wrestle. So that's very different at that time. If you go back five years to what it was like on WWE, everything's scripted. you got Vince in your ear constantly. And they're telling a young 21-year-old, go do your thing. And I think that's also something that we can really appreciate with AEW, giving people that flexibility as well, not just putting them in those constricting roles, letting them do what they want and giving them a little bit more flexibility. And that seems to be what WWE is doing right now as well, which I like. Now, the part that I put in here, it might just me being a bit of a devil's advocate a little bit early here. I know that you guys don't like Tony. So Tony, yeah, he's my boss. Yeah, he's a billionaire's son. No one wants to hear about him, so I'll be brief. One, most billionaire sons, as I understand it, are rude idiots who watch Netflix all day on mountains of drugs while siphoning money from mommy and daddy. Tony isn't that. So on a baseline level, I guess I respect him for being a nice guy who gives a shit and loves his sport. Two, Tony on his contracts. If you think that's a low bar, cool. Welcome to wrestling. He finishes off with, I'm tired. I know that's not what you're supposed to say as a professional wrestler, especially not before a big world title defense in your hometown. I know I should be taking my... I'm going to assume it's vitamins as he's American. Uh, brother, order up an expensive coffee to the five-star hotel room I'm staying in. Thanks, Tony. And end this article by cutting an 80s good guy promo about the evil Samoa Joe. Let's sell some pay-per-views. But I don't know, man. I'm just so tired. That's the goddamn honest truth. Um, I, I don't know what to make of this. I, I, I saw that he lost the, uh, the tag team championships. Uh, it possibly could be carrying an injury. It's possible that we've had a little bit too much MJF. Um, perhaps people are starting to tire of him. Um, it's very strange that I, I actually glad he posted this because I am not sure now who's going to win that match. Um, I assumed he was definitely going to lose. I'm not so sure now he's actually posted that. Is that what we're expected to? Like we thought Seth was going to lose because he's like, yeah, he's got an injury. He's going to rest. Seth's still there. I don't know. All right, bit of a hodgepodge of things, guys. But yeah, I apologize for. <laughs> forgetting by watching the darts well i'm gonna give i know how great my predictions have been this year particularly over the years but um Samoa Joe's winning the match graham and take the title because far as i can tell and i've been checking the day because i wanted to bring this up later on so thank you for letting me bring this forward because it was in bad cop for me mjf is has not re-signed with AEW yet his contract expires January 1st I thought you mentioned to us that he had re-signed on a previous episode yeah I found out since that was wrong <laughs> ah okay I I would I would say though with the whole MJF 2024 thing he was doing last year about will he save will he go <clears throat> even if he has re-signed with the company, that would be so hush-hush, nobody knows about it. True. Because they wouldn't want, especially with, you know, like with Jade, you know, it became very clear that she was no longer with the company and that she was going to show up elsewhere. <clears throat> um, I, I think MJF staying with AEW... I think there's one thing that we will find out if he's staying or not. Win, lose, or draw. I, I think the championship doesn't have anything to do with it. Who is the devil? That tells me if MJF is staying with the company or not. Um, yeah. You know, because I mean... Right. Yeah, absolutely right. You know, it, it's funny because, as, as I mentioned before we watched the show, I... Excuse me. I happened to be at a point in WWF 
that plays out very similar to what's happening in AEW, the greater power, the infamous, it was me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. You know, where Vince reveals himself as the leader of the corporate ministry. You know, JR does that amazing, oh, son of a bitch. It just, I'm seeing that now. If it does turn out to be Tony, I'm so angry because it's literally the storyline I just fucking watched. Granted, it happened, you know, 25 years ago. Still, I would be so, so mad. It would literally um, be a direct ripoff of one of the most successful angles WWE ever did. Yeah, I like I have, you know, obviously Jack Perry. He's he's a name that's up there. Um, if it's like a debut or something, you know, Dolph Ziggler, that's a that would be a real big get. His brother's already there, so you know, but but you know, to to your point, Graham, he just lost the tag titles to essentially nameless, faceless jobbers because we don't know who they are. Hell, we don't yep. even know if they're actually people. If it's not enhancement talent, they just said put on these masks and go win these titles real quick. Mm-hmm. So, but I think the reveal, and they have to, I feel, reveal who the devil is on Saturday, or this storyline runs the risk of so many storylines this year that just go too far, and they don't pay off when they're supposed to. And that's not a shot at AEW, that's mainly a shot at WWE. Yeah, yeah. You know. Remember- now, I want to ask you though, because I haven't been watching AEW that closely. I got the feeling that people were getting tired of that storyline anyway, like a month or so ago. Now, I haven't That's watched why that it episode needs to pay off. But having watched that episode now, watching been paying more <laughs> attention on Twitter, I don't think people know who the devil is for sure. I've heard lots of different names kind of touted around. I think the storyline's better for having played it out how they have played it, then perhaps when people were like, we want to know now, this is stupid, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think some people at this point, Graham, who couldn't give two fucks who it is, because it's gone on <laughs> that long. It's, it's, it's a really... cheap pops aside. But, it's yeah. a really it's a really fine line they have to watch, or to walk. It, just like WWE. Because go back 12 months. 12 okay. months ago... You know, or even hell, even eight months ago, the internet as a whole was still buzzing about the bloodline storyline. It was still working. And then there was just one moment, and essentially, right after Cody lost, is when it went, Why didn't you pay this off when you had the opportunity to? And now, obviously, that's a three year long storyline. That is incredibly, incredibly long. The devil is not quite that long. However, I feel like this is your last major pay-per-view of the year. Your build early next year should be focused on Sting's retirement because you've already started hyping it up. So, you know, it's time for there to be a new main event scene because you can do main event marquee matches with MJF. You don't need the championship. He's over enough where you can just have him and Swerve in a grudge match or whoever the devil is, him and Dolph Ziggler or Jack Perry. Jack Perry would make sense. They're both the quote-unquote pillars of AEW. They've been there since the beginning. Jack can easily come back as a heel and be like, I ran that 
piece of shit CM Punk out of this company and I'll run you out of this company, MJ, you know, some shit like that, whatever. There, there's something there, but I feel like the longer you drag on, um, I know some people look at it very unfondly. I still look back at it fondly. The, the, the Undertaker's wife, Stalker. DDP, yeah. The reveal of DDP was huge. And it was done at the right time, but it was like two weeks late. It was so close to being this perfect reveal, but they kept it going just a little bit too long. And I think that's why a lot of people are soured on it. He was arguably one of the biggest stars from WCW who finally made the jump. You know, because the invasion sucked, not because the storyline was bad. It was because the big names we had were like Sean Stasiak. Like, I like Sean Stasiak. Um, You know, the biggest name we got was Booker T. I love Booker T. But to like your mainstream audience who didn't watch WCW, they might not even know who Booker T is. I didn't. I knew Booker T because I watched WCW, but they didn't get Goldberg. They didn't get Sting. They didn't get Kevin Nash or Hogan or Hall early on. They it was years later that these guys came in. This is an opportunity for them to do a really big reveal of the devil. Um, and it has to be against MJF because MJF was the devil. <laughs> And if it's just MJF, I'm just going to cry myself to sleep. Do you know who it shouldn't be? Ooh, uh, hold on, hold on. Uh, Queen Charmel. Well, yes, but it really shouldn't be Orange Cassidy. I think you're safe. You never know if Tony's been involved with, with some more of his the marching powder. You never know. Yeah, well, I, if you'd listen to my quote, MJF mentioned that that's not true. He claims that, but he doesn't. He... No, he, no, he sa- he says he doesn't sit around watching Netflix. Uh, it doesn't mean uh, he doesn't uh, book a wrestling crime, show, crime video, maybe. Uh-huh. All right, I want to pick up on one thing you said, Ryan, um, about the bloodline, and it should have possibly ended with Cody. I would say people were getting tired of that way before that. Yeah. Um, I think people thought that Sammy would have been the person like Sami Zayn doesn't necessarily need the championship but I think people were tiring of it even at that point and they wanted Sami to come in but it's like hey don't don't worry about it because now I feel feel like you're splitting hairs because we're talking a 30 to 60 day difference because that was elimination chamber in February and mania was what but the build up to that though like I think it was way I think it's before you did say in in fairness eight months it could be 12 months Um, but I think that well for some of us, it's been even longer than that who've been tired of Roman, but hey, that's beside. Matt, I mentioned in the chat, I have a worse prediction. Um, I was actually going to talk about uh, my trip to Detroit this week. Um, I was actually in there for a football match, but there was actually a Pistons game that I was going to see, which I hadn't realized at the time. Uh, it was actually um, an NBA um, historical game. Uh, the Pistons set a record for because they lost the game that I was at. Uh, for the most consecutive losses in NBA history. They were tied at 26 with Philadelphia, and they went on to get 27. So the worst prediction was, as we were walking around uh, for the football game, it was clear that there were some people next to us, and they were talking about an historical thing, and blah, blah, blah. blah. So I mentioned, I was like, oh, so you're going to the Pistons game later? Anyway, we started chatting as we were walking along. 
and one of the buddies threw his other buddy under the bus. And I think this might be worse than any of the predictions you've made so far, Matt. Um, his buddy predicted at the start of the season that the Pistons were going to make the playoffs. Uh, they lost their 28th consecutive match last night, so their streak is uh, still going. So, so the Pistons are like the they're like the Kurt Hawkins. They're like the Kurt Hawkins of the NBA. Pretty, pretty much, pretty much. Well, they have two wins, but that's uh, abysmal at this stage of the season. Let's the not match. forget the the last two seasons. My football predictions in the UK, Graham. Man you predicted si- Fulham would finish bottom last year. They finished tenth. Yeah. <laughs> year before, Man City would not finish top four. They won the league by twenty three points. <laughs> like they're not great prediction, but I don't know. I, I thought I heard that. I also like, said worse than any of Matt's. I think. But I, I also said Aston Villa were going to finish top four this season. Well, considering they did, like considering they finished on a real high at the end of last season. Like, at Christmas last year, I don't know if you realise, they were only about 18 points, which at that time is not an amazing total. And uh, now they're... run at the second half, if you took their run from the second half and extended it to a full season, oh, they would easily... Oh, Zach Gerrard, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, I could talk about football, but I can do it on a volume on New Year's Day, that's fine. Uh, I want to talk instead about... I'm going to do my main good cup moment... And my B-check together, Graham. You don't need to do me this B-check at all. Okay, I'm going to leave that time to you to split up if you want to. Is and this... We... Um, is, do we get any inductions today? No, induction, induction, inductions now, Graham, happen, as I mentioned, happen on our anniversary show, Graham, in the, in the summer. Oh, they do? Oh, I totally forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, because that's when okay, I inducted you to the Hall of Fame. I apologise. That's when I put you in the Hall of Fame, Graham, remember? <laughs> and you were embarrassed, Remember? I thought that was a year ago. No, but yeah, was... he was only embarrassed because he's he's on the show. No, yeah, that's just an right. embarrassment in general. Sometimes so, says mean... the guy who's on the show. So, so the guy who's the fir- who was the first ballot Hall of Famer. Well, right. it's the only one that matters. Right. So I'm handing out my end of year awards now. I do want some help from you guys to actually pick them. I'm going to use some nominees, and I would like both of you to give me your pick from them. Okay, so. First thing is the most improved wrestler of the year award. Okay, the point the picks I've got: Tiffany Stratton, Maxine Dupree, and Dominic Mysterio. Stratton. Um, I've got Tiffany. I don't think we've seen enough of Maxine Dupree to to say that yet. Compared to uh, possibly for next year. From where she was a year ago to where she is now, she's massively improved, of course. I, I guess, but in terms of actual wrestling, I, I know you don't have to wrestle to win a wrestling award. You can do other things as well. Mm. I understand that, but I would say, Thank you. In, for me, for me, in terms of improvement, Tiffany, I don't think Do- Dominic's great, but I think I don't think he was. I don't think he's improved as much as what Tiffany does. So. He's improved from a character development standpoint, but his in ring has remained, I think, pretty as it was I'm... um he's just he's been in the ring with better names who can work around his greenness well keep that in mind what you've just said because i'm gonna come back to this that vague fact later in the show tiffany stratton is who i will also agree with for that for most improved okay congratulations tag... tiffany yep yep you've won you've, you've, you've won a goodie okay tag team of the year the nominees are Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, The Judgment Day, 
The Acclaimed and Matt Lewis and his ego. Hmm. This is a <laughs> tough one. <laughs> uh, I'm going to today. Okay. Ryan? <laughs> I have to go I have to go Judgment Day as well. They've had a stellar year. Absolutely stellar year. They they certainly have jumped at money. It also helped the fact that the bloodline thing has become so tiresome. Yeah, and their their semi freebird esque system of whoever just teams with whoever. Um even though they have that core tag team now with with Finn and Damien, who's been on a roll, just you know, even matches like like when uh, Finn and McDonough were tagging together for a little bit, and I think Dom and 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 Priest were tagging for a little bit, and just all of the Judgment Day is how you build a faction, not just a heel faction. That's how you build. That's faction building one hundred and one. That yeah. should be taught on how you build a good television faction that's that's a rest that's a 101 for wrestling for sure right okay um match of the year well you didn't say who your pick was i i'm with you guys on that one okay Mm -hmm. match of the year now i'm fully aware that i may get an eye roll or two here because i'm naming dates but the matches will stand out okay gunter versus chad gable uh, the match which cemented gunter passing honky tonk man um, record one of the best matches of the year. Um, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte WrestleMania, Lesnar versus Rhodes, the third match, the Usos versus Roman and Solo at Man in the Bank, Osprey versus Omega at Wrestle Kingdom, and Damien versus the Virus, the casket match from Toe to Toe. I was waiting for. And the tag team wants for you to say the CXW champions, to be honest. I, I, I figured it would come at some point. I did not name that one, though. No. So I'm, I'm <sighs> fully aware that most people aren't going to go for the last one. But I wanted to make a mention because it was a CXW match of the year. I don't have one that really stands out to me as much as uh, as it did last year. Um, yeah, I probably... That first one was... I, I'm thinking the first one, but that's only because it's probably more recent. Um, so it sticks in the memory a little bit more, uh, but that's probably a poor, poor reasoning. Um, that's fine. But yeah, I, I'll I'll pick the first one. I, I, Gunther and Chad Gable. It was uh, a good match. Really kind of it was a really good out, match. Uh, me, uh, particularly off the top, I don't think I have an um, an obvious pick this year. That's, that's oh, actually, I do, but it's not on your list. So, well, you can nominate. No, no, no. I, I will actually mention it a little bit later. Fine, uh, Ryan. Do you have one for my list, or do you want to uh, pick mm, one? Mm. This is a tough one. From a pure wrestling match standpoint, it's got to be Osprey and Omega. I mean, they have magic in a bottle whenever they step in the ring. I, I know you're not a huge Osprey fan. I personally don't like him as a human being, mm. but... Osprey has a tendency to put on classic matches when he steps through those ropes. He is very, very good at what he does. Uh, and Kenny as well. Um, yeah. However, I mean, yeah. from a storytelling standpoint, Gunther and, C- and Cable and Gable was brilliant. Just that German suplex like over the barricade alone, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Yeah. Um, 
And that was on free television, and I didn't have to wake up at like four in the morning to watch it. Uh, it was wonderful, wasn't it? Yeah, I was limited from your picks, Matt, because I haven't seen the last two of those that you mentioned. So I haven't seen Wrestle Kingdom. So I'm, okay. I'm going, I'm going to have to give it to Osprey and Omega. Okay, okay, um, by very, very slim margin, might I? Add. I just want to say. Gable and Gunther. If you said the best WWE match of the year, it's Gable and Gunther, one hundred percent. Yeah, um, I'm gonna. I have to, unfortunately, agree with Ryan. Uh, Graham um, picked a great one with Gunther and Chad Gable. To be fair, um, but Osprey and Omega do take it for me. Right, the good cop, bad cop, running joke of the year. <laughs> Tony, Tony's Mountain of White Powder. <laughs> That's it. That's the only nomination. Jay White, the Bag of Dicks. <laughs> Matt, never mentioning he's a commentator or his other shows he's on. Or Graham getting muted. That's not happened that often. So I'm, I'm, that I'm a little insulted that me slipping in a really well-crafted gay joke every single episode isn't there <laughs> but i can understand why it's because, um, it's because it's because i just take it as given not, not as a joke you sure take it as given don't you <laughs> oh. hey there's hey there's i don't have to think of one for later perfect um <laughs> i am going with uh matt mentioning everything else that he was specifically that he's a commentator for cxw <laughs> It, it is tempting to say that, but I actually, uh, I don't know. I think Tony's probably gets more mentioned, so I'm going to go with Tony's powder. <laughs> Tony's powder gets it by a small margin for me. <laughs> by a nose? By oh, a nose, yes. <laughs> there we go, there we go. There we go. Right, okay. Um, right, okay. Um, we're going... How many times can you say right okay in one <laughs> sentence? <laughs> That's that's taking that's a new nominee. Next year. Okay, we're going we're going to do a comeback of the year. Kim Kardashian. The nominees are CM Punk. Are you done, Graham? He muted himself finally. Good. Right. Okay. So the nominees for comeback of the year. Was that a pun by Ryan? I'm not sure. So, well, hold on. Before you get into it, Matt, it is a blooper from Parks and Recreation where they're talking about everyone loves a comeback story. And then they're talking about different comeback stories. And Chris Pratt goes, Kim Kardashian. And they're like, well, I don't know. He goes, well, no, in the video, I'm pretty sure she got cum on her back. <laughs> That's where I thought you were going. That's why I was choking on that point. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. It, part, and Parks and Rec is a great series. Great, great series. series. Fantastic. They yeah, should great. win an award. Should they I have, watch an they, episode? They've won multiple awards. Graham, with your time, Prime Video. Okay. 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 So, yeah, the Comeback of the Year award is between is Charles Montgomery Punk, um, Trish Stratus, or Nick Aldis. 
CM Punk. Yeah, it's got to be Punk because it, it, we, for years, literally a decade, we've been saying it'll never happen. Uh, I love Trish. Um, I wouldn't call all this a comeback because he was never there in the first place, but he's come back to TV, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I do. I take what you've said on board. Um, and CM Punk, any other year, would win the Comeback of the Year award. But I'm going to veto your decisions, and I'm going to declare this year's Comeback of the Year goes to the man who needed to come back. Nish guy. <laughs> wins the Comeback of the Year award. Well, there's another comeback joke in here somewhere i'm sure but when you find let me know yeah <laughs> no that i i agree with that that wasn't in your list but that is the correct answer i was i was pissed that, i was like why did you even ask our opinions if you're going to veto it but that's the only acceptable veto that that yeah. i don't yeah i don't have enough room in my twitter bio for more awards yeah. that's okay that's okay you can take it as a silent one now the most important award of the year the Wrestler of the Year Award. The nominees on my list are Maxwell Jacob Friedman, Logan Paul, Cody Rhodes, L.A. Knight, yeah, yeah. Seth Freakin Rollins, and Rhea Ripley. Can I ask why Logan Paul's on that list? Because obviously you don't like Logan Paul. I don't think Logan Paul should be on that list. I, I can't imagine why. How did he make the top six? Logan he hasn't Paul. defended his title in over 50 days. And he's Logan a part-timer Paul. at best anyway. Logan Paul. And people have been talking about this on X, Twitter, we're going to call it. Logan Paul is the greatest US champion, I'm quoting, because he's never lost his championship. He never yeah. defended either. But yeah. uh, but so it's so you're so sarcastic pick on your part. I felt like I had to put him in there because the wrestling ability is unquestionable. As a human being, no. But you know, I'm putting that on one side. In terms of wrestling ability, I feel like he has had a very good year. The matches he's had, the feuds. I think it was one of the, and it wasn't one of your awards, but like moment of the year. Like the move with Ricochet when they're both jumping from the other side, that would be that would be probably my pick. If it was moment of the year, I know that wasn't one of your categories. All right, um, I'll give get to your answer since you asked the question. The correct answer is Seth freaking Rollins, but I'm picking LA Knight. LA Knight, yeah. Okay, LA Knight for you, Ryan. Ryan, this is a tough one. This is a very hard one, actually. Because I think that <laughs> a lot of people excelled this year, um, mainly uh, you know, on WWE side because they didn't have Vince McMahon breathing down their neck for the first time in a long, long time. Ever. Um, shit. Can you at least eliminate Logan Paul from your list? Oh, for sure. Um, okay, out of that list... Man, you know, last year, I wouldn't have said this, but I'm basing it on someone who's put in the work, wrestled at a high level consistently, television, pay-per-view, house show, 
I'm going with Cody. I think Cody I has been the most consistent. I love MJF. MJF is kind of an absent champion when it comes to wrestling. He doesn't wrestle often. Uh, Seth is kind of the same for me. Seth pretty much wrestles on pay-per-views and sometimes on recently he's been wrestling on raw but there was a good couple months where he was just kind of chilling um Rhea's kind of the same boat i feel like she doesn't wrestle as often as i would like her to um honorable mention if it weren't for that list i would probably say someone and i don't really care for him i would probably say swerve i think swerve has had a phenomenal year uh, Swerve has turned me into a casual fan. I did not like Swerve. Now I tolerate and enjoy his matches. Don't love him, but yeah, I'll, I'll go with Cody based on your nominees. Okay. Okay. So okay. can one... I just make one quick comment to Ryan? Um, yeah. Now I saw Cody's record for the year. It's something like 130 wins and 10 losses, something of those kind of magnitude. Um, I saw MJF's record as I was watching. It was like 12 and one or something. I don't know. Basically once a month. So I was curious just to see what that comment uh, about Seth. Not um, I I can I got past a hundred matches on Cage Match before I could get to the end of the year. Or sorry, the start of the year. So um, he's actually Seth's actually had over a hundred matches in WWE this year. Admittedly, but how many of them were house shows? shows? So you don't get to see yeah. those. Admittedly, but I think that he's still definitely put in the time. If you were saying that he's a, if you want to check, you want me to look up Roman Reigns while you tell me why I'm wrong. Oh no, I'm just saying on television. Seth has primarily come out and been like, I'm Seth freaking Rollins, sing my song, cut a promo. And I'm not saying Seth is Seth is a phenomenal performer. He's probably, if not the best, one of the best on that roster. Um, I just feel like I saw Cody more and I saw Cody putting on matches that I would consider good more. Um, but also... Seth kind of did get lumped in with some weird feuds throughout the year, whereas Cody's feuds have been very clear and concise. Apart from the by the way, I am loving Cody and Shinsuke. Like, yeah, absolutely I'm, adore that feud. I want to. I want I, that could literally be. That could be a, if it's done right. That could be a. I'm hoping. Top in two. my heart of hearts, that they, because there were cameramen present, that they filmed the entirety of that Madison Square Garden show. Because holy shit, what a card. Like, yeah. what a card that show was. Punk's first match in 10 years. Uh, Shinsuke and Cody in a bull rope match. Like, I think there was a, there was a tag team match. I think it was the Judgment Day uh who'd they wrestle but yeah just phenomenal looking card like i really hope like we get remember a number of years ago they did the beast in the east where they filmed their house show in japan yeah and the main event was like brock and kofi and it was awesome yeah yeah that but i think it was the biggest house show not to the other event that we have done have had ever i think i think to answer the question, Graham, which you just asked me, who am I picking? Rhea Ripley is who I'm picking. Oh, um, I'm picking Rhea Ripley. Now, 
we can argue who is right here because let's face it, there was not a bad pick on the list. Yeah, there was. Well, apart from Logan Paul. Um, <laughs> once he was eliminated, there was no bad pick. Uh, Rhea Ripley had a stellar year. First woman to go from, from coast to coast in the Rumble. Uh, dethroned Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. Has not lost the championship since. Has beaten the entire women's roster um, to retain the championship. Every match she's defended it. Um, she is literally the most over person on the Raw roster, more or less. Um, because of, and she even managed to get a few cheers for Dominic every now and again. Um, I mean, let's face it, the whole mammy thing is really, really, really working still. Um, for me, Rhea Ripley has been the shining light on Monday Night Raw. Now, I'm fully aware that other people have maybe wrestled more than she has. I mean, you mentioned Cody. Um, you mentioned, you know, uh, LA Knight's popularity, Graham, as well. He, I mean, don't get me wrong. Everyone's got their own reasons for picking their people. For me, Rhea's had a great, has had a stellar year. Now, the question is, I'm not vetoing your, your calls, but can we come to consensus here at all or not? Um, I got one comment to throw in here, and if this spoils anyone's uh, bad pop moments, I apologize. Um, with Tony Khan mentioning the fact that Ring of Honor and AEW are successful by basing it on uh, cage match ratings, um, I was curious just to see what our respective cage match ratings were. So uh, Cody Rhodes was 7 point, I think it was 7.8, something like that. Uh, Rhea Ripley was around 8.3, 8.4. And uh, Seth Rollins was 8.8, .8, so I declare myself the winner. Uh, LA Knight was seven point seven. I would be happy to declare Seth Rollins the uh, wrestler of the year um, if Ryan is okay with that. Well, I mean, Tony Khan's a smart guy, and if you base the uh, life or death of your uh, multi-million dollar company on star ratings on a fan-driven website, yeah, <laughs> Seth Rollins, wrestler of the year. Yeah, there you go. But. Um, <laughs> But um, runners up spots for Rhea Ripley and um, and Cody. Oh, hold on a second. I, I guess I'm I'm mocking too quickly. Um, I forgot to look up Logan Paul. Whoops, my bad. Oh, All please right. Any tell me how low it is. Any prediction? <laughs> uh, Logan Paul. Let's see if he. Oh, uh, he's the lowest of all. Oh, he's from Ohio. I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, seven point one three. So no, Logan Paul's not. Logan. Yeah, that's a good shout. That's a good shout. Not for... So yeah, that is me done, Graham. I will now shut up until we get to the next section. Okay. Uh, well, Ryan's going to tell me to fuck off with the clock because it's been three weeks since we've done anything. So go ahead, Ryan. Give us your speed check. Sure. <clears throat> so first, I want to talk about uh, SmackDown the past two weeks. So they did a double shot. They filmed two episodes on one night because it was the weekend of Christmas. So they want to give them some time off. And the fact there was the U.S. tournament, speaking of Logan Paul, and the fact that, you know, guys like KO, Carmelo Hayes, um, they had to do two matches within an hour, two hours of one another. And they were able to put on, usually I don't like pre-taped shows. The taped SmackDown was phenomenal. Not just because AJ Styles was there, but it was cool that AJ Styles was there. <laughs> um, absolutely phenomenal SmackDowns. 
Um, <clears throat> want to give a big shout out to uh, Matt Tremont. Um, they did a uh, uh, H2O torn to shreds. Overall, it was a good show. My favorite part was them building to their next pay-per-view in which Tremont came out during a match and said, sometimes I forget that I run this fucking place and then booked the wrestlers, including himself, for their Cage of Hell event uh, in January. And I just thought it was a very entertaining. He still had blood on him from his match. Uh, And the main event was a no rope barbed wire, 200 light tubes death match, which was a lot of fun. Um, Continental Classic overall has been really, really good. Uh, it's still just a really dumb reason to do a tournament, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna say that's it. I feel like I've I've rambled. All right. Well, we might be finished with all our sections before Matt's. I don't know where he's disappeared to. He's probably making soup or something. Um, mine, I think, is going to be a surprising one for the group because I think we've been very negative about this organization as a whole over the year. Um, I got Ring of Honor. Now, I actually signed up for Ring of Honor. Now, I think I talked about before, I was curious and I couldn't figure out how to do it. Anyway, I did see a tweet and uh, there was a link you could just click on. So I clicked on it and sure enough, I could sign up pretty easily. So I signed up and what one of the reasons I signed up was some of the names I keep seeing who are appearing on these shows are people who I want to see wrestling. So I started to write down a list because I'm like, I'm going to miss some people. And I don't think I, I think I miss people anyway. Uh, Billy Starks, Lady Frost, Trisha Dora. Those were the first few people I saw. Um, Ethan Page was one of those people I saw as well. I was like, I'd like to see Ethan Page. And um, one of the matches I did see, I think it was the end of show 43, uh, was El Gringo Loco and Jack Cartwheel versus El Ico del Vikingo and um, Commander. Now, I'd never heard of Commander before. I'm not really familiar with AAA wrestling at all. Um, I do know El Ico del Vikingo, though. I've seen him before multiple times. Always very impressed with him. And I think, Ryan, we've already talked multiple times already. Um, El Gringo Loco is also somebody who that I think we mutually both like watching matches for. Um, that was the main event of episode 43. Um, things I'm liking about it, obviously, I get to see some of those wrestlers who I've talked about who I really like and probably not going to get to see if I just watch AEW. But the fact that the the platform's actually really good. I've heard High Five Tom say he doesn't like it or after it switched. Um, I like the fact that you can change the speed. I'm definitely a person who likes to watch my wrestling at times too if I can. So my two-hour show, I can watch in one hour. Or if I got a ha- if I got an hour show, I can watch it in half an hour. Um, the fact that there's no commercials at all, so that doesn't take it away from it. There is some backstage promos, but there's not a, ma- a lot of them, so it doesn't take you away from it. It's basically pretty much wrestling the whole time, which was like, give me what I want. I'm a wrestling fan. Give me wrestling. Do I love a good promo? Sure. But I tend to think that AEW and WWE, sometimes they go on a little bit long, some of those segments. Like, you know that they're filling their three-hour show with 20 minutes promos at the start. So, um, yeah, I'm paying my $10 a month. I'm not sure how long I'm going to stick with it. Uh, but I also like the fact that you can watch the pay-per-view events as well. So I've already started to watch uh, Final Battle. Um, I don't really have any spoilers. I remember people talking about it casually, but nothing really kind of stuck in my head. And I like the fact that you can do that, whereas I know on Impact's program, whatever it is, you don't get the top four pay-per-views as well. So, yeah, the Ring of Honor, um, $10 Honor Club, I think that's the correct name for it. I'm still a bit of a rookie with this. Um, the Rick of, Ring, Ring of Honor um, Honor Club is my speed check for a good top moment. Well, so Final Battle was included, but they didn't really say if that was going to how it was going to be going forward. Because it used to be you still had to pay an extra 20 or 30 bucks or whatever for the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Final Battle was the first one. 
Now with the new TNA plus, they do have a higher end that you can buy that includes bound for glory and slammiversary and stuff like that. But it's like 200 bucks a year, uh, which is a little so basically the price. You, of the pay-per-view is anyway. really, you, you could, you could pay the $10 a month or whatever, and then buy the pay-per-view separately. And then, you know, that's probably what I'll do because I'm going to resub to TNA plus closer to hard to kill. Um, but I, I've just been, I don't know. I I just have So yet. is it possible then Final Battle was not available live on Honor Club, but it was available perhaps like no, a, it was. After, a month it, after? It was live. Oh, it was? Okay. That was All the right. first that one. Feel even better then. Yeah, that was the first one that was included with Honor, Honor Club. Okay. Prior to AEW's purchase, pay-per-views weren't included but you got a discount on them if you bought them through honor club and you had a subscription that's how it used to be or you could just get them on fight see and and the thing the thing about me is like i'm not a so actually my buddy my buddy gave me his login for honor club don't tell tony khan um because i refuse to sign up for a subscription service I would have gladly given Tony Khan 15 or $20 to just watch Final Battle, but it was the principle of the thing with me. I was like, I'm not signing up for a recurring subscription to see this one show. Like, I'm just not doing it. And based on what Tom said when he was here, they don't have a lot of the classic Ring of Honor stuff on there. So that would have been my reason to sign up for it. They have some, but I literally all. signed up last night, so I haven't had the chance. Uh, when I saw well, there was a show on, I was like, oh, let me watch last night's show. And then I was like, let me go back and watch the previous one first, though, to find the build up to this one so I can see what's going on. But people like, I, I don't know. It, it, I'm, I'm enjoying what I've watched so far. Uh, I'm liking the flexibility a little bit. Um, but we'll have to see. Something's probably going to have to go. I probably have too many subscriptions right now, but um, I, I do like it. The only thing they're... I didn't like was El Gringo Loco um, was the fact that his record is about one and twelve right now. It's like, oh my gosh, I think he's so much better than that. Uh, but hey, if there was a, for lack of a better term, we'll just call it AEW Plus, fifteen yeah. bucks a month, twenty bucks a month, whatever, and it included. Honor Club plus AEW stuff. And then like same thing. Like maybe don't give us the pay-per-views, but give us a discount or something if you can't just have if it's not financially uh possible to just stream them. Um, because I know they've been talking about like, oh, the pay-per-views are gonna be on HBO Max or whatever. Um, there's gotta be a better way because at this juncture in pro wrestling. AEW is one of the few wrestling companies that you still have to pay for pay-per-views a la carte. Almost everyone else, you can watch them on some sort of subscription service. TNA, Ring of Honor, WWE, IWTV, Fight Plus. Like, New Japan. Yeah, New Japan. You, you pay a monthly subscription and you have access to this stuff. Whereas tomorrow night, I'm going to drop $50 to watch an AEW pay-per-view. Idiot. Uh, no, Matt. Some people enjoy things. I actually think it's going to be a good pay-per-view. I'm I'm, I'm not paying $50, but it's something. It's a pay-per-view. I'll find on Daily Boji for nothing. <laughs> you know, but like, they're the only company who's still stuck in kind of this arcade. And I'm not saying like give them away, but if you can do 12 paper, if you can do monthly pay-per-views, like they say they 
they keep saying that they're going to end up doing. People will pay 15, 20 bucks a month if you have your back catalog plus the new stuff included. And I get that there's licensing and stuff with Warner Brothers. Like, you know, I can understand if Dynamite's not airing live, it's on a three day delay or something on the app because that's how Ron SmackDown are. You know, they're on a delay on Peacock and that's fine. But yeah, no. That's a that's a nice good cut moment you're from the person who just walked away. You're looking at that sort of things over here in the UK. Raw and SmackDown are a month delay going going on our network. But don't they air live on something? They do air live. Good. Right, it's bad cop time. Why don't you go first, sir? Okay, uh, I suppose I can do that. So we are taking a trip in the way back machine. Do I need to get the, all the way out? All the way back to the year, can you guess? Yep, 1999. Okay. And we're going into an event that would unfortunately live in infamy in professional wrestling. Over the Edge, 1999. Now, my bad cop moment is not what you'd expect. Obviously, that is a bad, bad, bad cop moment. My bad cop moment is how it is presented on Peacock. When you start the pay-per-view, the first thing you see is a photo of Owen Hart. With the text below it that says, in memory of Owen Hart, who accidentally passed away during this broadcast. The most heartless way you could possibly say that. It is clearly something that was written by a lawyer and not by someone who is trying to pay homage to someone who died at this show, why couldn't they say who tragically passed away during this event? Nope. Somehow, Owen Hart, this is Owen's fault. He accidentally passed away. It I, I it popped up on the screen and I was just like, really? That's the best you could do? He accidentally passed away. It just... It just bugged me. Like, it's a tough show to get through in the first place because you get to the main event and you can see on Undertaker's face, like, he does not want to be there. You're saying, yeah. At all. And it just, I don't know, like, there was a much better way to say it. Like, obviously, they did their due diligence, they cut out everything that could possibly be related to the situation as it unfolded, but still like accidentally passed away is my bad cop. Like there's a much better way to say that you should, you should recut that and make it more of a memorial. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if there's a good way to, 
I understand what you're saying in terms of linguistics, but however you paint it, I'm sure all the wrestling fans obviously know what happened. And uh, it's true, but it goes back to what I said. It feels like it was written by a lawyer. Like, uh, yeah, you know, because if you said Owen Hart, who tragically passed away during this event, yeah. at least that that doesn't place blame on anyone, but it also treats it as it was a tragedy. Yeah. It wasn't an accident. It was a tragedy. <laughs> like, what happened would be considered an accident, but he didn't accidentally pass away. <laughs> That's not how that word works. And it just bugged me. Um, it was very difficult to watch the Raw After, which was the Owen Hart tribute show. Mm. Um which again, typical Vince McMahon, he brought everyone backstage and shoved a camera in their face and said, Hey, tell us, tell us about Owen Hart. And like you could tell the people who were either new to the company or whatever who were kind of like, Yeah, no, he always he always treated me really well. He was always there for a laugh, a great guy, blah, blah, we'll miss him. But then you get to guys who like worked with him for years. Like Triple H is openly bawling during his interview. Like China has to pretty much take over. Because he is just like, but, you know, him and Owen were friends. <laughs> like, but again, like the same thing with um, Pillman's wife, right after he died. The first thing Vince does is shove a camera in her face and says, tell me about it. <laughs> like, Vince was kind of a sadistic asshole back then. He probably still is, but I feel like he got a little better with tragedy as time went on. No, he didn't. If you want proof of that, because I went back and watched the... um September 11th tribute show recently. Stephanie McMahon starts her tribute by saying that they're saying, quote, several years ago, a group of people attacked my family, just like people attacked New York City. Okay. Compared the American government to terrorism. I can easily counteract. I said got better, meaning in the future. We're talking like what two years after what I'm talking about? That's not sure. the future. That is that well, comparatively speaking, it's the future, but I also get your point, yes. You know, like if you look at like the, the tribute shows they did, you know, later on, like I mean, hell, even you know Benoit was a lot more you could tell that the people who didn't want to talk didn't have to talk. <laughs> No, but they also for Eddie's show they put a camera in Charo's face, Malenko's face, Benoit's face, and that was hard to watch. Um, you know, like I like their system now where they when someone passes, they cut together these beautiful tribute packages. Yeah. It's a much better way to do it. Like Bray's was fucking incredible. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just fear after all these years and all this time that this has been uploaded to various platforms, you could have had something a little more tender. Yeah, the weird on. thing is, is that I've just brought it up on, on my network here. I was wondering, is this just a, a peacock thing or is it? No, it says here who accidentally passed away during this broadcast. That is so clearly not written, as you say, by someone who was a. Yeah, broadcast too. The word broadcast 
bugs me too. Like you couldn't say event or pay-per-view. Like I feel like logistic logistic linguistically, it was just awkwardly said and very, very barren of any emotion. Yeah. So that's what I got. That's yeah. that's my uh poopy cop, poopy cop of the year. Yep, that's my for sure. Graham. I was hoping to try and get some information out of Ryan so I could see what I could do. This is a bad cop, but uncharacteristically, it was very quiet. So he either disagreed with me um, or I don't know, or he was doing something else at the time. Um, I kind of hinted at this earlier. Obviously, Tony Khan talking about cage match ratings, et cetera, et cetera. So while I was looking around, um, something I went on to, um, the match that I really enjoyed on that Ring of Honor, and I mentioned earlier, I said, hey, that the match of the year thing, it's probably not a match of the year thing, really. But in terms of having watched something more recently, they tend to stick in your mind a little bit more. Um, it was the match. It was um, J- Jack Cartwheel, uh, El Gringo Loco, Commander, and uh, Vikingo Del, whatever his name is. I already forgot what his name was. Um, that, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. and That was kind of the thought that was going through my head. Like, I was like, I know I haven't seen many matches of him, but I was like, how good actually is um, El Eco Del Volcingo? Anyway, I looked on Cage Match to see some recent reviews. Um, the Q wrote on the 17th of December, two stars. This is out of 10, remember. So Meltzer gave this man High Flyer of the Year, and going off what Meltzer shines the spotlights to, I'm supposed to care for? Sorry, but how this man portrays an actual professional wrestler is beyond me. Vikingo is not over. All of his spots that wow the crowd, that is what makes him so likable to others. The only times I saw Vikingo in action is on several occasions. How about the time where he awkwardly put Omega through a table via a springboard 630 splash, or the time where he messed up on a running springboard top rope moonsault, Pressed twice and had to do a standing one so he doesn't make himself look more like a Nimrod by the second. Did you know about the time where Vikingo failed to do a tope con hilo? I don't know if that's the correct pronunciation. As his stomach caught the ropes when Phoenix and Penta successfully suicide dive? This man lives by the high spots. The more of these spots he does, the more at risks his health gets. It's part of wrestling. And this is where I should do my Yorkshire accent. I don't know where Q is from, but I have a feeling it's from Yorkshire. No, lad, it's unnecessary. Tom Foolery, that makes Vikingo opponents either humiliated or potentially and actually hurt if they decide to take a bump for this ass fly. And remembering, mates, if you cannot speak English in an American televised program, how are the audience supposed to know when they relate to your aspirational goals? Um, and one more from the 12th of December. Two stars again. This man is very overrated. He can't wrestle. All he does is a few cool high-flying moves every match, and that's it. He has no character and can't do anything on the map. It's sad that he is the AAA mega champion. Like, really sad. All right, so bad cop moment. It's one of two things. Either I have totally misjudged this person. I thought I had a very high um, opinion of him. The matches I've seen from him recently I thought were very impressive. Or we have people who on cage match don't have a clue what they're talking about, which means why on earth would Tony Khan want to use that as a representing your whole organization? So whichever way it is, it's a bad cop moment. But Vikingo, is he a dangerous um, athlete? I know when we've talked about multiple people who are, um, I've never heard his name mentioned, but he's probably not as prominent a figure as, say, like Nile. Right. Yeah. So... The AAA style in general is very high risk. And if you are a purveyor of something like Botchamania or any of the countless YouTube botch channels that exist, 
you see a lot coming out of the Mexican promotions. It's just, it's the style. The style is, hope this works. Let's go. Um, I don't love him, but I don't dislike him. I, his, the issue I have with his, matches sometimes are the same issues I have with a lot of AEW matches. Maybe it's an indie style thing. Maybe it's a Japan thing. Maybe it's a Mexican thing. I don't know, but it's the whole someone setting up a high spot and the other people just stand around and just look off into space. Like Kurt Angle, when he got punched by triple H and he just goes, do, 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 do. And then gets punched. Like, I feel like there's better ways to set up these high spots. And if you can't set it up in an organic way, then you shouldn't be doing it. Um, I wouldn't say he's a dangerous performer, maybe to himself, but I wouldn't say he's dangerous to his opponents, Um, which I think is a very, very Nia Jax is dangerous to her opponents. Um. Vikingo is dangerous to himself, but he's not the only one. There's a lot of Lucha Libre guys who are very, very dangerous to themselves because that's the style. That's a style that they do. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I also think that more likely than not, it's just a case of internet trolls being internet trolls. They don't like him, so no one else should like him. Um, you know, it, it happens to everyone in every promotion. Um, I remember seeing all of the stuff about how Kenny Omega had jumped the shark because he wasn't in New Japan anymore. Okay. Like, yeah, he doesn't quite wrestle the same style in AEW that he, but he's also wrestling weekly as opposed to you know, once every two or three weeks or whatever their schedule was in Japan when he was there. So, I mean... Just for, con- oh, just for context, some of the other comments were, um, I get the same vibe watching him as I did when I watched a young Rey Mysterio. Um, he's, I don't feel like I'm watching a person from this planet when I'm watching him. Like, he's just so far above everybody else. Uh, he's the top high flyer in the world right now. So, the, the, obviously, I'm picking the low ones. His average, actually, on cage match is 8.9. So, obviously, most comments are very, very positive. But just the fact that you have those ones that are just so far removed from that uh, was kind of why it fit into the bad cop moment. Yeah, to, 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 to bring it into uh, what Graham knows best, uh, the gaming world, uh, it's just like people review. Hey, bombing. I just bought a game yesterday. You did. I'm very when proud. Did you of buy you. your last game? Uh, how? I I've bought about ten games in the past seven days. I um. Not, when did you, yeah. See, notice how we avoided the question, Matt. When did you buy your last game? Uh, when did I buy my last game? Uh, actually, yesterday. Uh, yesterday I bought morning. mine about nine nine o'clock. Nine p.m. Uh, Oh, see, I bought it in the morning, so uh, see? I win. See, I don't know. no, that's, uh, that's further away. <laughs> did, you, um, did you buy the best game of the year, Graham? No, you did not. So, did Ryan, it, it, but but Graham, it's the same. It's the same. You go on Metacritic, and people review bomb Call of Duty just because it's Call of Duty. It it, it has nothing to do with the game. Uh, People review bomb games before they come out because they've decided 
ahead of time they don't like it it's the same wrestling i have noticed being part of kind of both fandoms wrestling fans and gaming fans are very similar because neither side can ever be happy with anything and it's always my way or the highway you know and which is stupid i try not to be that way i don't like like let's use matt for example i really really do not give a flying shit about f1 anything i don't care but you know what i'm glad they make games that matt can enjoy because he likes that crap i don't i'm never going to spend money on it but i'm happy that matt can experience that and hopefully they're not dog shit every year (laughs) the f1 game traditionally i've relatively good thankfully um the the game of the year this year graham actually was Baldur's gate free which you will never play because it's dungeons and dragons <laughs> but it was it was actually shocking to me that yeah. that took game of the year because dungeons and dragons games are notoriously complex and, and the fact that so many people played it and so many people enjoyed it is really shocking to me the only thing i hate about it and i absolutely despise this is that a bunch of fucking normies have turned a charisma role into a fucking you know gen z fucking yeet thing because everything's yo he got riz now and it pisses me off and they all need to shut the fuck up because D is for us fucking nerds not for you ass blasting thunder cunts not for you muggles I'm hoping you didn't just affect, quote, offend me at that point. I don't like Dungeons and Dragons, but it doesn't mean I fall in the other category. You don't, because you've never said, yo, that got Riz, bruh. I don't even know what that means. So. Exactly. You're, you're one of the good ones. You're a good I have normie. insulted Dungeons and Dragons on multiple occasions. You have done Which is why I was wondering if I did fall. But I, pl- I play, and I still insult it. We're fucking nerds. But we still put you over. <laughs> Um, but but I want to go back to one thing you were saying, though, Graham. Um, you you talking through Q, who is from a continuum, clearly. Um, <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I, I don't think somehow. He, um, but I, I still love listening to him and Jean Luc singing "All on for Christmas" um, every year. Love it. Um, you're you're talking. You're reading through his thing like the only time I think is what you said. The only time I remember seeing him. And then gave multiple examples of when he's seen him. So, like, you've just, you've just completely pissed all over your, your own analogy. Not you, Grad, but you're reading it verbatim. So, I'm like, the guy doesn't know what you're talking about. The guy does not know what you're talking about. He's, oh, just, okay. he's, just, he's just being a troll, Graham. He's okay. just being a troll. Seems so, you're talking about, seems you made a Star Trek reference. Um, this is a non-related good cop moment. I am currently reading. Uh, so well, not reading. I am currently listening to the audio book. Uh, Make it so. Very good. Five five stars. Um, I'm I... twelve and a half hours into an eighteen hour audio book, and I started listening less than thirty six hours ago. Have Very you watched good. Picard yet? Oh, of course. Yeah, All that's why it. one of the reasons. I, I picked Paramount so I can watch my Champions League or this year Europa League, unfortunately, um, and Picard, and then catch up on whatever's on Discovery, uh, Strange Strange New Worlds. Is I, I really do. Like it's, I, yeah, I, I haven't watched Discovery or Strange New Worlds yet, but Picard was phenomenal. Um, I think they did a lot of justice to those characters yeah. to send them off. Picard season three was, it felt like, series 
eight of next generation yeah and the fact that you know no not to spoil the ending but the ending was a static shot or not a static shot a shot of them doing things just playing an extended version of the next generation theme song i was just i was like yep this is this is what i wanted this is how it that that was how it needed to end yeah perfectly done and um <clears throat> i mean i mean there's not a single person that wasn't great at and there's a, there's a moment in the panorama episode where my heartstrings tugged a little bit I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it. Who hasn't seen it was when Vikingo was there, and you were like, "Oh, this fucking guy!" <laughs> it's when something made its comeback, which we hadn't seen for since nineteen ninety six, um, which was a nice touch. I got a nice touch. Don't listen to internet trolls, Graham. Yes, that yes, Graham. We would absolutely agree on that one. Well, I don't think that was the point. I think it's more a point of we've talked about how bad the IWC can be at times and I think that, that kind of exemplifies it pretty well but well, most people think 8.9 two I've, people think two I think totally it could be the same problem though Graham because when I do my I hate to do this again but whenever I'm doing my notes for CXW when I'm, when I'm prepping for commentary mm-hmm. I'll go on to I'll, I need to use things like cage match just to see where people have been what events they've been to so I'll look through them and I will look at the comments see, see what people think of them for the most part, they're very, very nice people in there. But there are some people in there who literally trash them. I'm like, are you watching the same matches I am? Because I watch the matches, I look at, I look at the comments, and I'm like, are you watching the same thing I am? I always, I always, it's, it's, the, you know. Obviously, you're seeing the loudest ones, and Graham, you can appreciate this. I always go back to the fantastic George Carlin bit of. Yeah. It's the quiet ones you got to watch. Oh, and I God. guarantee while you're watching that quiet one, some loud motherfucker will fucking kill you. Like, it, it, the people with the loudest voices are always going to be the people who are like, look at me, look at me. I'm important. And you need to listen to what I have to say. So in the wrestling world, we call them Jim Cornette. Or Dave Meltzer for the big ones. Uh, uh, Sean SRS. Sean yeah. Sam, yeah. You know, um, they're very, very loud. But yeah, Sam, like Chad you, Smith, you, you look at the opposite and there's really, really positive people as well. But unfortunately, those aren't the ones who get retweeted because, and this, this is a bug me. I'm going to soapbox for a minute. When you see someone saying dumb shit on Twitter, and you think that you quote tweeting them being like, LOL, look at this dumb bastard. All you're doing is giving them more reach and more views. You're actually making the algorithm spread their bullshit further instead of, I don't know, ignoring them until they go away. Why do you think James Cornette is still here? It's because people keep re-spouting his bullshit and he goes, man, I love the attention. And when my wife gets fucked by other guys and I watch, it's crazy. <laughs> Anyways, and soapbox. You, you, you're all good. And Graham, I was doing it just because I wanted to be controversial. You know me. You know, I don't, yeah, yeah, yes, okay. yes. I was, I was doing it purely to see if he actually listened to the show or not. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hold on, did you just say our boss? I, I did like, say oh, our what? boss. I did, I did say our boss and co-host. I don't work for nobody. Of the Dungeons and Junkies podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, 
Right. Um, so it's my turn now, then. Right. Yep. I want to go back, actually, to um, to Madison Square Garden, actually, this past week. Um, CM Punk made his in-ring return after 10 years away. Now, I'm a, this is my main bad cop moment. Bear with me. I'm building up to it, all right? I'm going to defend CM Punk. Hear me Hell out. Hell is frozen over for a second time. Hear me out here, okay? CM Punk, by all accounts, had a, had a good match with Dominic Mysterio. And the crowd went home happy. Um, they had 10,500 people at MSG. We've been there, Graham. I fell asleep there. You know, very comfortable seats. Um, it's a great arena for wrestling. Now, the reason why this is my bad cop is because I have been reading comments online about it because I wanted to know what's the what's what, what's what's the view from from the trenches as it were. What's the view? from what people could see actually who were there. Because obviously it was not a televised event. Obviously I wanted to know like what was the atmosphere like that sort of I love hearing that sort of the sort of stories. Like when you when you go to these like these these small little events and you get fist bumps from CM Punk, that sort of thing. You had a small little show like that, Graham, and that's always a good thing. Um one of the comments I saw more than anything was Dominic carried him. Punk was apparently trash. He looked rusty. He looked out of sorts. Dominic Mysterio not just carried the match, but carried Punk. Now, whether or not he did, I can't verify. We've got no footage. That's worth a damn anyway. Less than a year ago, People were coming at Dominic, and perhaps correctly. I mean, we mentioned it earlier on, of course. That's why I bring it up here. For his lack, Dominic's lack of in-ring ability. I, I personally think he's fine. You know, he's very good heel. Toxic Vicky Guerrero level heat. And now he's carrying people. I've got a real problem with the fickleness of some of the IWC at the moment now punks running the AEW wasn't exactly loaded with banger after banger after banger you know it was tumultuous shall we say um <sighs> punk is a polarizing individual okay i fully accept that i have not exactly been his biggest defender <laughs> over the last 250 episodes of my Graham. But, and he has rubbed up a lot of people the wrong way. But one thing I can admit is CM Punk is a draw. People pay to go and see him. They absolutely love him. But if you love him or you hate him, People, people are still talking about him. 
And one of my favourite things I did this year was give my Shepherd's Pie recipe rather than talk about Survivor Series. It was one of my favourite things I did this year because the complete look of amusement on Graham's face was absolutely wonderful. I just don't get how, with one hand, they can trash Dominic Mysterio. And on the same hand, say that he carried Punk. Now, is Punk as good as he was 10 years ago? Probably not. You know, it's been 10 years. People aren't... There's no way that Triple H in 2013 was as good as he was in 2003. No way. But, you know... I'm going to let you guys talk, because I think... Yeah, do we see if I've had enough of them for one day? So... We've actually talked about this before. Um, and I don't even think I was a host on the show at this point. I think I was a guest on the show. Um, this is the same kind of bullshit that I've been harping on for years and years. CM Punk in AEW was the second coming of Christ. CM Punk going back to WWE is the worst thing that's ever happened. Cody Rhodes in AEW he's the one who really understands wrestling and he's going to put AEW on the map and we love Cody Cody goes back to WWE he's a traitor he was never as good as he thinks he is it's just the way people are same thing goes the other way all the WWE fans who loved Edge Edge is finally back. It's amazing. Oh, he's in AEW now. He's a traitor, and he 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 hasn't been good since he came back. He wasn't good even before he left. It's just the same crap. Rinse and repeat over and over and over again. It's tribalism. We like him here. We hate him there. We hate her here, but we like her there. It, it, it's the same crap. Just over and over again. Recycled nonsense of... You know what? You know what? I'm 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 gonna pull a little MJF of internet virgins who just want to be seen. They, they just need the attention. They, they're they're all Jim Cornette to go back to the well again on that one. It 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 it, it bugs me. Jade Cargill, same thing. Like, oh well, now the world's gonna see how not good of a wrestler she was when she was the greatest thing in AEW. Um. I didn't like him either place, but Miro, I felt, was the same thing. Like, oh, yeah, they Rusev was a dumb character, even though we all chanted Rusev Day, and they didn't know how to book him. Well, he hasn't done shit in AEW either. He sucks. <laughs> Accept it. Um, it. It's just... I have stopped looking personally, or at least I've attempted to. Of I'm trying to remove biases of what promotion someone's wrestling for and looking at the individual matches themselves. Um, and I don't think the only difference between Cody in AEW and Cody in WWE was the fact that he bled a lot in AEW and he doesn't bleed in a in WWE. Other than that, when I watch those matches, I see pretty much the same matches. 
his style is pretty much the same style in both promotions. Excuse me. Now, obviously, when you see someone in New Japan, for example, it's a completely different style. And you have to adjust your style to match the Japanese style. Same thing with probably Mexico. I don't watch a lot of Mexican wrestling, but I'm assuming you have to just adjust yourself. The The clip comes up all the time of Hogan in New Japan. Hogan could wrestle. And in Japan, he had to, because that was the only option, was have a technical wrestling match. It's not that he couldn't wrestle anymore. It's just he didn't have to for Vince. All he had to do was say, you know, say your prayers and eat your vitamins, brother. Like, that was his gimmick. His gimmick was, I'm the face of the company. John Cena. John Cena can wrestle. He doesn't have to, because that's not what John Cena is. John Cena was a symbol for WWE. Not a wrestler. He was a symbol. He was a face. Punk's going to be something similar. I think we're going to see Punk matches here and there. I don't think we're going to see Punk go full-time. But he doesn't have to. Um, but I, yeah, I think it's just the same. They were expecting his dog collar match with MJF with Dominic Mysterio at a random house show. <laughs> like, no, that's not what you're going to get. Um, I've seen clips from his match. I thought he looked fine. You know, I and the Rumble is the perfect place to kind of re-debut him on television because there's 29 other people that if he's not at the top of his game, Okay, he also hasn't been in a WWE ring, which are very different from most other rings, AEW included, in 10 years. You do got to relearn. It's bigger. It's got different ropes. It's got different tension. It bumps different. Like, let him get used to it. It's the reason we don't see Jade right now, because they want to make sure she's going to look good. And that means she needs to relearn that ring. And she also needs to relearn how they do TV. She has to learn everything from scratch. Uh, I don't know. I, I I agree. There is so much fickleness with the IWC. Uh, it bugs me. It's bugged me for years. I don't like it. Um, you know, people talk about how Jericho was trash in WWE. That was the majority of his career. So you're just saying Jericho is trash at that point. Because he's only been in AW for four years. He was in WWE for 20. <laughs> like, I, I want to ask you one thing there. So, isn't it like riding a bike? Like, I'm thinking the people have been out for a long time. Like, Edge, uh, they, he came back. Like, I don't know. Wouldn't it? He, he has experience with the big ring. That's what he's most familiar with. I understand it's a little different from Jade. If you're telling me the AEW ring, is very different from the WWE ring. I understand why you need to practice that a little bit more. But for somebody like Punk, if that's kind of like all he's known, I know he's been in other organizations as well. Um, but but Punk... that's predominantly, that's what he remembers last. Um, is it like riding a bike? Is that something he can get back into like straight away? And one other comment, the only thing I know, the only thing I can comment on about this is because I haven't really seen anything is um, I saw the match was 12 minutes long. So it obviously they could have cut a match short if things weren't going as they wanted it to. So I'm assuming it wasn't that bad if they let it go for 12 minutes. Yeah. Well, so the one thing I have heard is that WWE ropes are the main thing. 
I mean, obviously the size of the ring for indie guys, that's usually the hardest thing because they're going from a 16 foot to a 20 foot. That's a big difference. And knowing your steps, because that's, you know, if you ever listen to someone talk about what does it mean to be a good professional wrestler? Every single one of them will say your footwork, your footwork Mm -hmm. is the number one thing, knowing how many steps, because you need to be ready, planting that left foot to jump up with your right, whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's something really important. Now with punk, he, for the most part, was not stepping foot in any ring in that time. Edge pretty much made it clear from what I understood the way he was talking that he would still do his ring work. He just wasn't bumping. Um, I'm pretty sure Edge is one of those people that has a ring at his house. Um, so I know like Matt Hardy does a lot of wrestlers do if they have money, they have a garage with a ring in it so they can work out when they're not wrestling on the documentary. He did. Yeah. Um, which I actually thought was funny that the dungeon 2.0 at Natalia and, uh, TJ Wilson's house, they have an actual WWE ring. It's got the logo on it and everything. And there it's, it's, it's a WWE ring like one manufactured for WWE and she posted pictures of her working out with Billy Starks, which I thought was really nice because Billy Starks works for the competition. And I thought it was cool that WWE lets her do her own thing, train your own people. It's none of our business. Um, but like, I remember, I forget who it was. I was in an interview with someone and they were talking about going from WCW to wwe and how the rings bumped so differently and how wcw had a better bump in ring it was just better for taking bumps in um you know granted i think this was a performer from the 90s when wwe had that notoriously stiff ring yeah um because it was a boxing ring which was because the head of nbc told Vince, I don't like that we can see the ring move on television. So Vince changed to a really stiff ring. Um, Fun facts. Yeah. Um, I know that um, AJ Styles, for example, hated the six-sided ring, for example, in TNA. uh, Much for the four-sided ring. The the ropes being different makes a big difference. Um, I'm reminded of when Austin was hosting Tough Enough when it came back. Trish was one of the um, trainers, and I remember one of the one of the things from that is that Trish noticed that one of the women was when they were running the ropes had an elbow pad on her behind, so that she could actually the ropes didn't bruise her. And Trish called her out for it. Like, like if you can't do it without that, get out. WWE has notoriously light ropes because it's actual rope. Yeah. um, As opposed to the steel cable. Um, A lot of high flyers prefer Mm -hmm. steel cable because you can really plant yourself on those. The fact that guys like AJ Styles and Seth Rollins and Ricochet can do what they do on those really loose WWE ropes Mm -hmm. is all the more impressive. Um, But I would, I would give punk benefit of the doubt because of the stories that have come out since he's returned yeah he's been down at the pc he's been working out in in the rings he's been making sure that he doesn't go in there and hurt himself or hurt someone else he's also been working with the younger talent there which i think is something that 
if if he was just there for the payday, he wouldn't be doing. He's building bridges. Uh, He's rebuilding yeah. bridges as well. Yeah, out of literal ashes. Yeah, which is amazing. Um, talking about you, you mentioned about about footwork and everything there. One of my favorite videos on YouTube is William Regal losing his fucking mind at the performance center because new recruits can't get their footwork right. Yeah, like, like, he, like how hard is it to roll? How how hard is it to roll forward and and stand up, step forward? How hard is that to do? And he loses his fucking mind. And I, it's important. It's, it's, it's massively important. Oh, but I, I'm not a wrestler. I would never claim to be one ever. I would not. If 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 Regal tells you something, you fucking do it. Yeah, and he was saying over and over and over, and they couldn't do it right. And it was day two, and they couldn't get their footwork right. The the one thing, so I love ruining wrestling for people. Yeah. Not in the sense of like ruining wrestling, like uh, you know, this sucks, blah blah. blah. But in the idea of like, you know, pulling back the curtain, just knowledge that I have, um, and explain because when I was very very young. It was explained to me how they do it. You know, I, I knew what a leg slap, like a thigh slap was in like 1995. You know, something you shouldn't know at that age watching wrestling. You should just be like, oh, it's wrestling. Okay, whatever. But I understood how they were doing a lot of these things. I understood that they talked together. I understood that the referee would like feed them information and stuff. I, I understood that stuff. And the footwork is always something I love to watch. I love to watch how they move in the ring. But the other thing I really, really love, and to anyone who doesn't want to know, just stop listening now, because I feel like it's one of the deeper things in wrestling that people don't talk about very often, and I am going to talk about it. Um, the different ways that different styles work the body. In the U.S., you are taught to work the left side, work the left arm, work the left leg. That's how you're taught. So if you notice someone selling an injury, almost 100% of the time in WWE, it's going to be the left leg or the left arm. That that's the, it's just the way it's taught. But you go to other countries, I think Mexico, Mexico, they're taught to work the right side. So a lot of American guys will go down there and they have to relearn what side to work in a match. Um, and it's just one of those interesting little things that you don't notice. And if you're listening to this, now you're going to notice it. And I'm sorry I ruined that for you. That's not a bad thing necessarily. That just, that just shows that they've learned properly. But yeah. I actually, I was watching uh, uh, SmackDown on Friday. And I forget who it was. Someone, someone uh, hurt their knee. And I was like, it's going to be the left knee. And as soon as they they did like the the high spot and they missed and they came down and the whole ah 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 left knee, that's the that's the American style, and I dig it. But I think for someone like Punk, um, ooh, that's a good point, uh, Mister Graham. I didn't even look about that, and it was his right. It was his right knee as he was uh, Graham is bringing up like what knee was Samoa Joe selling when he came down to turn on MJF. It was his right knee. Ooh. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. Good call. 
But he did say not. He didn't say every time. He did say most times. So that's fine. Anyway, um, I was just thinking of the most recent example of like an injury, and that was like the first one that kind of sprung. But it was fake. It was all a ruse. Yeah, so um, in any case, um, should we move on to speed check? <laughs> Probably a good idea. You're up, Ryan. Rhino. So I'll say again, Continental Classic being for uh, titles. Actually, you know, I'm just going to make a general speed check because uh, I finally figured something out in my head. Um, I've been complaining about the Ring of Honor championships in general uh, for a while now. And something just clicked with me the other day um, when they made the announcement of the women's television championship. And I was like, okay, cool. But I still feel like there's a broader issue. Why are you involving a new championship when you can barely book the ones you have? In the word that finally came to me, that finally made me understand the ring of honor championships within the overall AEW Ring of Honor landscape, they're redundant. And that's the word that has been escaping me for a long time. They're redundant championships because they all have an equivalent on AEW television, and the majority of them are defended primarily on AEW television. And that bugs me the most. I don't see a point of Ring of Honor existing if it's just to have more quote-unquote championship matches on AEW television. The only Ring of Honor title that means anything is the AEW Women's Championship because Athena is bringing actual prestige to that championship, and it's primarily just on Ring of Honor television, not on AEW every week. Unlike the six-man tag, which is always on AEW television, or the Ring of Honor tag titles, which just changed hands on AEW television, or when Samoa Joe relinquished the Ring of Honor television championship, which happened on AEW television, or the fact that Eddie Kingston is defending the Ring of Honor world title in a tournament that is only on AEW television. Are you getting my point? These titles don't matter at all. Hold on a sec. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on. I think we talked about parallels before. Like, if you consider, like, Ring of Honor almost like an NXT, like, it's separate, it's different, but you understand the purposes of both things. We've had people going from one to the other on there and defending that. It's, I'm not noticing anything different between what WWE is doing and what AEW is doing, unless you can be more specific. I have seen the North American title defended on WWE program a handful of times. Uh, They're very the, different companies is the problem. The uh, NXT Women's Championship was defended on WWE television because it was currently being held by a WWE performer uh, who was also defending it on NXT television. And that was just a quick, what, one month thing? Uh, two months, yeah. Um, Shot up. There are parallels. About it... <laughs> It's uh, not, it's not a not regular same. thing. It's, it's also not the same because Ring of Honor is meant to be a different company from AEW. It's not a different brand. It's meant to be a different company. There's a difference there, Graham. It's, I'm seeing... You want to talk about parallels? 
I'm seeing the WCW title being defended on Raw in a fake WCW match. I was about That's to bring this saying. up. I was about to bring this up. Junior Invasion angle, granted it was only for like a, a, a three or four month period. You had the WWE, the WCW, the WCW United States, WWE Intercontinental, European Hardcore, Light Heavyweight, WWE Cruiserweight, WWE Women's Championship, Granted, that was sort of not working at the time. And the WCW and WWE tag team titles. That was too many championships on one show. Now, Graham, I would agree with you. Nick Foley even did a whole speech about there being too many championships before Survivor Series in 2001. I would agree with you wholeheartedly if we saw those NXT championships and NXT champions regularly every single week on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. But we don't. Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes, A, not a champion. Lost the title months ago. Yep. Uh, NXT wrestler, though. He's being billed as an NXT wrestler. He's He's clearly being groomed for his call-up, though. That is not the same thing. He's clearly moving to SmackDown, Graham. It lists him as an NXT wrestler. But when was the last time you saw the NXT championship in a tournament... And that tournament no, that, that's a unique uh, no, I'm not only on AEW television. I'm not gonna disagree with that. I am gonna disagree with it. it's redundant though, uh, because um, I already mentioned I probably watched more Ring of Honor in the last 24 hours than I've the watched two AEW shows, two and a half in the shows. last year. In the last year. Um, so for me personally, you take my titles away from Ring of Honor, I'm canceling that okay. subscription. Well, hold on, hold on. No, Graham, Why would is... I have that subscription going if Graham, you're taking away perfect. all the stuff? Graham, this is perfect. So you watched the last two. So you watched last week's and this week's Ring of Honor television, and yes. then you watched some of Final Battle. Correct? I just some I, of Final Battle, not okay. much, like first hour. On those two, the last two weeks of Ring of Honor television, what were the matches? Oh, gee, you want me to pull up the card, or you want me to from that? Honestly, if if you want, if you can't remember off the top of your head, great. I, I'm just curious. Oh, but- as so I mentioned happened. some of the people who were featured in the matches. So um, I know we've seen Billy Starks versus Vert Vixen. I think that was from. See, I, I'm trying to remember which order I watched them. Um, um, I don't even know what his it name doesn't is matter. anymore. Is I don't it care Johnny what order. Ring of Honor. I don't know what name John Morris. Johnny TV. He's Johnny. Johnny TV. TV. Okay, Johnny TV versus Ethan Page. Um, I already talked about the main event on 43 because that was the uh, uh, Alico de Vikingo. That uh, yeah. Viking, yeah, Viking, Viking. There was that one. Um, there was Trishadora, Lady Frost, and who else was it? Uh, against the oh, the Renegade Twins. I love the Renegade Twins and uh, Ty Valkyrie as well. Okay, uh, that was the matches as well. Uh, shoot, who else? Uh, yeah, damn it. Um, I don't know. I, don't I know. think I know what you're getting at here. Go on, Ryan. I, I, I really. Uh, hold on, I'm I'm just going. Are you asking to... me how many tag how many tag team uh, how many championship matches were there? Is that what you're asking? Kinda. I was, um I, I don't remember. specifically remember how many championship matches there were. I was going to ask the question: How many of them are Ring of Honor guys, and how many of them are AEW guys? I I don't but even care about that. The point is, they're not appearing on AEW as much. That was the whole point of my good cop moment. The people who I like in Ring of Honor, who I want to see the most. 
and not getting the time on AEW. So if I want to see Lady Frost, there's no point in me watching AEW right now. But there's it's a big true, reason to watch Ring of Honor. Same with Trisha Dora. What you just showed me is their champions are not appearing on AEW or on Ring of Honor television. They're appearing on AEW television where there were no title matches in any of those matches, yet the main event of Dynamite this week, the five minutes that they got, was for the Ring of Honor tag team titles, which were being held by two AEW performers, guys who don't wrestle on Ring of Honor. I also, on this week of Dynamite, saw Brian Cage, who is one of the six-man tag champions, I think, with uh, uh, Gorilla's Destiny. I don't know. Um, uh, and claim the big gun. It, it seems insane to me because I feel like okay, Tony Khan, Tony, I know you're listening. I know we rib on you quite a lot, but I just need you to focus on my voice. I'm okay? not, not, not the fucking the 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 dragon that you're chasing through your hallways, going la 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 because you're fucking too high. I need you to focus, okay, Tony, Tony, TK. TK, Tony, Tony, Tony. here. <clears throat> if you want to get me to subscribe to Honor Club, give me a reason like having your champions only appear on the program that they are champions. Because we're not talking the Judgment Day showing up or on SmackDown. We are not talking Seth Rollins showing up on SmackDown because he wants to start shit with Shinsuke or something. Like we're not talking that. We're, we're talking. Your Ring of Honor champions are guys who work for AEW, and you're trying to pretend that Ring of Honor is its own promotion when it's clearly not. That means your championships are now redundant. We already have a tag team championship on Dynamite. We already have a mid-card title. We already have a world title. Uh, We already have a women's, which is the one that they do well. The women's Athena's Athena's carrying Ring of Honor, might I add. Fallen Athena did right have there. a world championship, a Ring of Honor world championship match on episode 43. I had to look. Um, the, the shows are different lengths, which surprised me. Um, episode 43 was two hours and six minutes, I think it was, or two hours, something like that. And then the last episode last night was only an hour, so I don't know if that's something they do differently or if it was it, special. It depends if they have to film, can... yeah, if they have to film Rampage or not. Oh, okay. Because they filmed um, a lot of these before Dynamite. I did look to see who else was in. Um, the Von Erics are in, who I used to love on MLW, so that was another reason. That was another name that caught my eye. Now, Matt, I'm surprised that this didn't feature at all in any of your good cop moments, with your, with particularly that you like to mention CXW things. Uh, let me just pull up the card uh, for episode, because I remember even seeing this on Facebook. Uh, this is episode 44. Uh, Nyla Rose defeated Alejandra Lyon in the first match, but the second night match was uh, uh, Zach Knight defeats Peter Avalon. Isn't that uh, one of your boys? Pretty Peter Avalon. Yeah, yeah. And that didn't get a mention? Is it... there some beef there between you guys? In my bad cop section, Graham. Oh, it's still coming up. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez, you left that for a bad speed check. Wow, I don't, I don't even think I want to do my speed check. I don't think I even give a. I don't think my. I have anything of even any merit. Did you even do yours, Ryan? I'm totally lost. It's yes. been going on so long. You ranted about Ring of Honor. 
Oh, uh, there we go. We had three hours. <clears throat> third hour already. Um, is there any more, Ryan, before I do my speech? <laughs> um, no, because I think I've made my point. I'm just asking. I am begging because I want to like new Ring of Honor, especially uh-huh. now that I have access to it and I don't have to pay for it. Uh-huh. Just give me a reason to like it. It's, I, I, I gave you a reason to like it. No, 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 no. Because all those people you listed, I can watch on GCW. I can watch on Beyond. I can because they're still all on the Indies. I can watch better shows. All right, all right. Oh, my speech. I did mention I watched AEW for the first time this year, a full episode. Uh, it was great to see Chris Statlander. Great to see Willow coming in for the save. People I haven't seen for a long time. It was the end of that match though that's really got my attention. So um, Julia Hart was the one who attacked um, Chris Statlander. Can't remember who she was with. Doesn't really matter. Uh, somebody is it Sky Blue? Sky Blue. Yeah. You you okay, buddy? I thought it was me. Yeah, he, yeah, he's frozen. Let's give him a second. Yeah, but I knew. Okay. No, hold on, Graham. Graham, 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 Graham. You need to start over because you froze that entire time. And again, <laughs> Jesus tap dancing Christ. Are you, you back? back with us? I'm guessing I froze then. It said something you about did. connection was unstable. Yeah, yeah, you uh, you you froze, yeah. Twice. Do I need to do the whole thing again? Yeah. Yes. And this is saying in, by the way. Because <laughs> Ryan said Jesus. Well, what's the Tell me where it came out then. I'll just. Rip. I said what? Jesus, he, Ryan said Jesus tapped us in Christ. So he's saying in. <laughs> I didn't hear that part. So, uh, well, I'm just reading from the start. You, you got editing duty, so I don't care. I mentioned the fact that I hadn't seen AEW at all, except for this year, first time this year. Uh, it was great to see Chris Statlander. It was great to see Willow coming in for the save. Um, the match was against Julia Hart, and I think Sky Blue, now I've thought about it, was the person that also interfered with that match. And um, anyway, as the match is ending, they're kind of both looking at each other, squaring off. And then Abaddon came out. And the quote from the commentator was, Abaddon, who will face Julia Hart this Saturday at World's End for the TNT Championship, making her presence felt. Now, having not even watched uh, AEW for a year, um, I knew immediately those pronouns were wrong. Um, I did wonder, I was like, like, oh, perhaps Abaddon's been out for a while. The commentator had just forgotten. Um, Abaddon had a world title match um, within the last two months. Um, there's been six matches recently. I mentioned it at the start, but isn't that pretty bad when the commentator doesn't even know the correct pronouns? As I was Which... looking on Wikipedia, it had the correct pronouns listed immediately. Uh, when I looked on Cage Match, it even mentioned things like gender as diverse. So, but And when you look on the Twitter page for Abaddon, it clearly says right at the start, them and their as um, pronouns. So, absolutely ridiculous that um, somebody... Which commentator was it? I, I wish I could tell you, and I'm not sure. I, I know that's really bad, uh, but it didn't show you the commentator. I thought it was Tony, but I could be wrong. And if it's not Tony, I'm going to look like an idiot. Like, how do you realize that's not Tony? It's the other one, or whatever. Uh, so not sure, but that that, that that's it. That's that's all I got. I don't want to go too. Long. Some people can just be ignorant sometimes. I don't know. Perhaps it was. Perhaps it wasn't intentional. Perhaps they didn't want to draw attention to it by immediately correcting themselves. Either some people are just also not aware. 
I find that hard to believe when um, I knew that from, and I haven't seen Abaddon in over a year. But perhaps I know Abaddon more from the indies than perhaps they know as oh, they're more the focused thing? on AEW. Right. I don't know. But if I just said they had a world title match within the last two to three months. How can you not know if somebody a prominent the figure know the correct reference? To me, to me, it's a bad comment. I'm not even arguing about it. Well, I'm not going to argue about that, Graham, for sure. Okay, right. Um, right. I've got a couple things in in my in my speed check. I want to first of all touch on Warhorse. Big fan of Warhorse. Obviously, we are, Graham, aren't we? Hmm. Did you see the letter he got sent by Relentless Wrestling? Uh, I did, but I'm very interested to see if we're going to agree on which line of uh, uh, inquiry, you're gonna, which line you're going on this, because there was two very distinct lines. I know nothing about what's going on, so please explain. Uh, allegedly. Um, no, it's not allegedly at all. No, no, no. no. It's not allegedly, because po- the letter was posted. No, 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 the letter, but I'm saying that the letter was sent because allegedly... Warhorse was not responding to the company and was their champion and was asked very politely in a letter to uh, if you can't if you're not going to represent us please send back the belt in this pre-paid for envelope which i believe he did um now, now whichever line you want to go on that sort of things i'm not interested in people's opinion who if, if, if for Team Relentless Wrestling or Team Warhorse, the, the whole thing is messy. And that's why it's a bad cop moment for me. Um now I want to uh I want to touch on Zach Knight. Um first of all, as someone who got to call every one of his title matches at CXW, um I'm delighted to see him never lose the championship. He he never got pinned for it. So I'm very happy to see him make it stateside. I'm very happy to see him, you know, looking. He's actually available to book for indie dates right now in America. So everyone in America right now, sign Zach Knight. Seriously, the Zodiac deserves his push. Two things about this though: one, his Wikipedia hasn't been updated since 2015. Um, he's been wrestling. For long, for for all that since twenty fifteen to now. So, someone please update his Wikipedia with everything he's done, please. I'm begging you. Um, the other thing is, is that Tony Khan gave him the chance to wrestle on TV. Quote: um, Why didn't he wrestle on a better show than something that's behind a paywall? If he is that good, he is foot that good. Door. You get a foot in the door, show what you can do, then you move up to the big show. It's like you bring it up on NXT, and then if you do well, you get moved up to Raw or on SmackDown. Tony Khan knows what he can do. Everyone knows what Zack Knight can do. He comes from the Knight family, okay? He's not wrestling in a barnyard. I think everyone knows what Brian Pillman Jr. could do. Oh, sorry. I can't remember his real name. What Atticus Cade or something. I have no idea what his real name is. King. Who knows? What a, but the same thing. You know what he can do, but you're still going to put him on. I assume you think that he's going to make Raw or SmackDown or something. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But the point I make, 
you can't compare Ring of Honor, Graham, as it is to NXT. You cannot do that. I think I did multiple times in this show, so... Yeah, and each time you've been fucking yeah. wrong. I'm going to look like a total doofus then when this comes out. AEW and, and Ring of Honor are different companies, Graham. Get that in your head, okay? Even if he's not doing it right, they are different companies. Ring of Honor is where you put... They have a different name, absolutely. You don't think that... The, uh, no, I, I, we're, not, we're not rehashing this again. All right, I got you. They're different companies. They're different companies. I got you. Zack Knight should be on Dynamite. I'm saying he won't be. He's, no, he should be now. If he's good enough, he will rise to the top. He Cream is good enough. He's better than half that roster. Okay, so Cream will rise to the top. He's fine. I hope you're right, because I have not been impressed with his sister for a number of years. That's open to opinion. I would never think of um, hating on the Knight family name on air anyway. So anyways, first and foremost, I want to address the Warhorse situation because I've been researching while you guys have been ranting. Thought you've been quiet. I thought Matt was going to say a little bit more. He just kind of left it as it's a bad cop moment because it was messy. I well, think there's a I, yeah. I think there's it, way it more. Speed, we could maybe say a speed that. check moment is why Graham Ryan had a had a, had a fifteen minute speed check, so I thought I'd be quiet quite quick. True. Based on the gimmick that Warhorse has been running these past two months, is there a chance that this is a work? That's possible. Because he's been doing the whole down and out on his luck thing for a while. And now he's saying that this Sunday might be his last match and blah, blah, blah. And posting all these... a lot of clothes. Yeah, like... I don't know because I don't know. I just looked at the letter in question and it looks very much like we used our perfect penmanship to make this look like something that can easily be posted on social media. Um, And then he I didn't watch his uh, response yet, but essentially it looks like he cut a promo about it. I don't know. I, I really, I, I have no idea. I'm just curious if we're all being worked just based on the character he's been portraying lately. Um, if if it's true that they were like, hey, please send it back because you're not representing our company. I've never heard of Relentless. I have no idea what this promotion is about. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just... Uh, you know, I, I I don't know. I I really I really have no idea. I just uh, just something something to ponder. Uh, it's Pacific Northwest, so yeah, it's not it's not really on our not really on our radar to be honest, is it? Um, I'm hoping that you're right because when I saw that thing, my thought was, "Wow, Warhorse, what a complete douchebag!" Like, uh, if you're ignoring messages and you're not representing them, then, yeah, you get the belt back to them. They've sent you a prepaid envelope. Like, 
that's not something you need to be sharing. You just need to send about. Like he seemed really butthurt about it. So I'm really hoping that you're right because I thought he came out of it looking really bad, to be honest. But perhaps that was what they were looking for us to do. Um, there was a lot of people who just were like, "What are you complaining about? Like, why are you even posting about this? This is perfectly reasonable request. You're not the champion anymore. Send the belt back." And that's exactly what I thought as well. Yeah, just it's it's really interesting at this point in time to know what's a work and what's not. Um, I mean, just go back to the end of November, roughly a month ago, people were dead sure that Seth Rollins' reaction was legitimate for CM Punk walking out. Obviously, it was part of an angle. They knew what they wanted to do out of the gate. And they wanted to set something up between Punk and Rollins. Now, is Rollins genuinely upset that Punk's back? Does he genuinely have heat towards him? Probably. He's shit-talked him a lot in the past few years. Seth Rollins is also a professional. He's never come off as someone who's going to, quote-unquote, go into business for himself. Um, As for Zack Knight being on Ring of Honor... I mean, they touted him being there for a while. And the way they spoke about him coming stateside, I am surprised he wasn't on Dynamite. Because they were like, look at this, look at this, look at this. Um, And then, again, paywall show. So I am a little surprised. Um, I liked his movie with The Rock. It was a good movie. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, let's do fan cut moments. Let's do it. Good. Bad. All right, a little different this week. As it's the last episode of the year, um, I asked for best cop moments and worst cop moments of 2023. Um, I did mess up on the tweet. I put for the last episode of 2024. I meant before 2024, but hey. Um, let me start off then with uh, Chris Ballas, at real Chris Ballas. Uh, best cop moments, uh, heel Christian. Judgment Day overall, who we picked earlier, and Carmelo Hayes, obviously. And selfishly, all the nice words and support people have given Danny and I for at one man's meat pod. I can't wait for him to come back. And that goes as well for the podcast listening community as well. We can't wait to hear you guys talking again. Right. Um, do you want me to go next or do you want Ryan to go next? Uh, Ryan won't be ready, so you better go. Uh, excuse me, I'm ready. What of you go so we can so I can yes so Glenn way. Abbott our friend uh, over at G A Russell Nut yes best cop moment Gunther taking the Intercontinental Title and making it relevant again so much good varied wrestling worst cop moment the disintegration of Twitter since it's become X not just amongst the wrestling community but the whole of the app in general self opinion in in general self opinionated people. I think we can all agree. Both of those things. For sure. Matt? Uh, Queen of the Indies, Tiffany. My miracle generation winning the IWTV Tag Team Championships. Good cop moments. And actually, they just defended it uh, one more time today in uh, Ryan's hometown. Um, I was watching a little bit of uh, Pizza Party Pro Wrestling because they're they're a fun organization. I watched a little bit of wrestling. 
That was in the great city of Worcester. <laughs> it certainly was. Uh, Ring of Honor Revelry at ROH Revelry. Awesome cop moment. Being joined by at Ant Money for a marathon review of Final Battle. And hopefully all my high fives are, mar- are following him, sorry, and listening to the at Mark Order pod. Uh, hashtag grateful moment as we approach our two-year anniversary. Grateful at W. Mercia Jr. has stuck with me. I hope I pronounced that correct. That's yeah. Will. Yes, Will. So yes, absolutely. Okay, uh, uh, Ryan? Everyone's favorite, Dan Griffin. Yeah. Best cop moments. Meeting up with a great bunch for Rumble and during the Impact Tour. Impact having a great year, North and True Grit having a great year, the rise of Gunther, and attending a CXW commentator's wedding. Worst cop moment, not dwelling on the crap. Bring on 2024. I didn't read the beforehand. I feel I feel very happy right now. Um I've I've been very grateful to be working so closely with Dan these last four months. Um yeah, Dad's been a great partner to work with on the volley. Very good. And he was grateful to see him at my wedding as well. Very tall man he is. Very tall. Taller than you, Graham. Really? Mm. I don't know why. I didn't I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, he's taller than you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um I'll just down just close it. That's that's a great start, Lewis. Okay, I I'm gonna go to um King Pink Bladders, the Photoshop Wizard. Um, best cop and worst cop moments are the same thing. The initial build and eventual destruction of Bloodline was probably the highlight of the year. Compelling stories and in-ring action. It was amazing, but after reaching that pinnacle, it went downhill quickly. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Um, at High Five Tom, great cop moment. Was stoked that at MGB Graham dropped our epic review of Die Hard from spring of 2022. Great way to cap off 2023. Stay tuned as HFT, uh, sorry, H5T and Graham got something's percolating for future content. Mm-hmm. Um, I did it as the old good cop always does his alternative Christmas cracker. As soon as you do 24 in a row, I just do one big cracker. Um, last year it was actually Ryan's appearance on everything we've ever done before uh mgb jgb uh good cop bad cop because obviously he wasn't with us at that point and it seemed like the perfect time to re-release uh that review of die hard because for some reason tom released it in april so but yes we ha- we are in discussions there are clues in the episode if you listen uh, but yes it looks like we'll be recording mm. early 2024 why would you release a review of a christmas movie in spring that's exactly what i said it makes no sense it made no sense at all. That's what I said. It's like reviewing Hop in <laughs> November or something similar. Crazy. Crazy. Let's, let's not let's not forget, of course, that um the Doctor Who Christmas bit of this year had no Christmas in it. Apart from that it was still on Christmas Eve. <laughs> uh there was a Christmas tree. <clears throat> let's not <gasps> Oh, I totally forgot about that. That's the problem when you're on holiday. You notice. Did you see the Christmas tree won the the title in uh, Japanese wrestling a few days ago? It was like I don't know. Good for the Christmas tree. Yeah, it won the title. Did Uh, you guys see that story? uh, No, but I did see that uh, Blake Christian defended the GCW World Championship against Santa last week. (laughs) 
Oh, uh, I need to watch that on fire. Well, let's not forget oh, Santa Claus is a former twenty four seven champion. It's true. Huh? Um, but yeah, no, not not to not to spoil the uh, the outcome of that match for you, Graham. Uh, but there was uh, later on a uh, different uh, jolly old Saint Nick fucking game. Oh, I saw that. Never mind. I saw that. I saw who appeared on that show. I did see the clips from that actually. <laughs> Um, oh, that's actually to, to go back real quick. My other good cop moment was uh, Broski Jimmy Lloyd, which I think is the greatest gimmick because he comes out to radio and wears the old Zack Ryder Broski headband. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, that's how he when he cut his uh pre written promo by Matt Cardona, he ended with You're fucking with a different Broski. Woo, woo, woo. And I was like, This is just good TV. Anyways, to cap Jimmy it off, Lloyd, one more comment on Jimmy Lloyd. Jimmy Lloyd made his debut on Pizza Party Pro today in a great uh-huh. match with uh, Bobby Orlando. I would recommend that one. Also. And Bobby Jr.? Uh, Bobby Jr., of course, yes. Oh, yes. of course. Well, uh, Bobby think... Jr. was front row. He was on a chair. He wasn't actually in the match. But mm. He was definitely. Uh, he definitely came out with Bobby, for sure. Um, I think this is our last one. Uh, uh, I see at least two more, so no. Okay, well, uh, uh, Rob, I think it's me. Is it me? Oh no, it's, I just did no. high five. Brian, just, uh, Rob at UTT Rob, best cop moment. Seeing so many of our little corner of the IWC in person this year. WTF cop moment? The AEW Punk debacle, and the worst cop moment. We've talked about it pretty much every day this year. Tribalism in the IWC. You hate yep. to see it. You do hate to see it, unfortunately. Um, I am going to go across to the People's Champ, BFR, PSP, JCB. Good cup moment, this rise of Will Ospreay. Instant classic seemingly every match. Bad cup moment. And he's got he's got a gif here um, for this, Graham, as well. Um, it's this will be great for an audio podcast. Yeah, it's the AW Women's Division. And it's just a burning dump of thunder fire. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> which is just what Ryan had to say. There you go. Um, I got Midwest <laughs> Wrestling Roundup podcast, which is really just high five Tom for a third time. Uh, hashtag excited pop moment. Honored that friend of MWR and H5T at Trent Zuberi joined me this week for a preview of my favorite show of the year at AAW Pro. Hashtag Windy City Classic. And the fact I got to see all my AAW peeps this weekend um yeah I, I did listen to that episode it was very good i did actually try and uh, meet up with high five tom and unfortunately i didn't i was really wanted to see iwc milwaukee unfortunately it wasn't um at the weekend when i was going to be in ohio so it didn't work and we did discuss about that AEW show but unfortunately mason had a wrestling tournament so we came back uh, a little earlier than, than it would have been ideal but at some point i'm definitely want to go see an iwc milwaukee event it, it's got to happen gotta happen right that's everyone's fan cop moment thank you to everybody this year who has been in touch for the fan cop side of things we love you all we look forward to seeing you in 2024 um now it's been a bit of a long episode now i'm fully aware that i've got devil's advocates sitting there ryan would, would make up from his head Graham, I fully understand if you want to skip them. I have got some which will be fine skipping until next week. Um, they're not time specific, so 
up to you. Do you want to well, skip? I proposed twice in the chat. Should we skip Devil's Advocates and you guys both ignore them? Well, I, I like, well, okay. well, to be fair, I, I nodded each time. So, <laughs> but you're not looking but at my When somebody's talking and you're nodding, I assume that you're agreeing with their, what they're actually saying at that moment in time. Not in acknowledging any, In any them. case, um, instead, I would like to propose that I mention something that is in my notes from someone who is now a free agent from WWE. Um, top dollar. Obviously, he was called Flop Dollar for the community for a long time because of the botch that he made. Um, the botch that he made was due to um, he's made it a dozen times before, and it's because he actually lost feeling in his feet. Now, I don't know if you saw this story or not, guys. But the reason why I'm nodding, not from something I just saw in chat. Yes, I'm okay. nodding because I okay. see the story. It's because it turned out that he has um, uh, type. He's been done with uh, type two diabetes, and his sugars were uh, six hundred and twenty-six. Now, for people in the UK who, because of the different, it's a different system. Um, for context, when my husband was diagnosed on his eleventh birthday with type one diabetes. His sugars were around 550 US. 626, you're close to having appendages removed. He was very lucky. The botch saved his life. This is why you get yourself checked out regularly, guys. And that's why you do these things because he's got a chance now to rebuild his career do things elsewhere because he got checked out because of not feeling right i can't speak as a quite a nice way to end the year really he's he's better because of a bot of a wrestling botch what a good way to turn a bad comment good hey amen I, I still don't like him that's that's fine that's fine i mean in my personal opinion he certainly wasn't the standout of that group for sure, but that's that's by the by. That's I liked him more on the uh, WWE's Lost Treasures or whatever they whatever that series was called on eighty. Yeah, I, I, I get. Speaking that. of medical problems, you'll have to wait until next week for a new rant and a new segment I call WTF. Why won't you notice me, Senpai? Everyone else got the giggle for the year. Right. Uh, on behalf of us all here at Good Cop, Cop Wrestling Podcast, thank you for the amazing 2023. Happy New Year, gentlemen. We're out of here. Um, and for all acquaintances, B for Jay White as a bag of dicks. <laughs> Where is the button? Where is the button? Music was Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. HTTP colon slash slash Creative Commons 
Slash licenses slash bag slash three point zero slash.